0: Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light, and I'm Marco Sparks. Today we're talking about S5E23, "The Melody Lingers On." Fuck yeah! Trying out the "Hey there," then then "Hello there," then "Hi there." Let's mm. we'll see how "Hey there" feels. Greetings and salutations. I really like this episode. Some people apparently didn't, but um, I don't know what those people saw.
1: What's well, funny on the on the way here, we were both independently stewing over. The idea that a lot of people is, this is a filler episode. Like, I guess if you consider only premieres and finales to be real episodes, and everything else is filler, I guess.
0: I mean, it's the trial of Alison De Laurentiis. I feel like that's at least worthy of not being filler. But I mean, I know. you have to at least acknowledge that this is a very rewarding filler episode. I mean, just if nothing. This else, episode, more than a lot of episodes, felt like it was almost in conversation with the fans. I don't know yeah, if you got that feeling or not.
1: Definitely, yeah. I I don't know if the conversation per se was the word I used, but like definitely, like yeah, we know what you guys are thinking. Like we're gonna we're gonna tease that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the ending especially. It's great not to the continuity, yeah, um, and a lot of ideas about the characters.
0: <laughs> hey, can I minorly really rant about something somewhat unrelated? Do you want to do that now? Or do you want to do it at the end? I don't know. What do you feel? Go for it you're done there's just this this constant complaint i see like why don't they go to their parents why don't they tell the police and it's like you know why didn't walter white take the money from his rich friend like that's not what the show is like and to me like one of the the kind of central things of the show and i know heather hogan especially has written a lot about this is it's all about like these teenage girls like fighting for agency and if the solution to their problems was to just go to the authorities it's like Well, yeah, they they could do that. And if this wasn't like a weird like dream world where, you know, they lived on a hellmouth and like all men were duplicitous, maybe that would make sense. But like this is PLL world where like obviously that's not an option. They have to solve their problems themselves. You know, like it. What kind of show would it be is if they just went to their parents and, you know, everything parents just told the police and the police rounded up the suspects and then the show was over. I don't know. I, I don't understand that constant complaint sometimes. I mean, it's funny to to think about the absurdities sometimes, but I don't understand when people get mad about that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, to to complain about that and to not at least acknowledge why, and I think the show does great strides logically to say, this is it why usually, we can Yeah, it. there's
0: usually some sort of actual in-universe logical reason for it, but even beyond it, I feel like that's not... You don't want the liars to to go get help from the authorities or their parents for these sorts of, like, A situations, you know? it's They're not, like, it, this isn't like Aria talking to Ella about, like, her love life or something, you know? Like, for A matters, they need to handle that themselves.
1: Right. Well, especially since it's about characters who are denied their own agency every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And this is the way they, they get it back. They have to solve their problems themselves.
0: It's... It's like it's the rules of the show, you know, yeah. it, w- within the universe. No, they can't go to the cops. That's a bad idea. It never works. Anyway, that's my rant. Mm-hmm. I I feel like if, if you're constantly watching the show and getting angry because they're not, you know, doing this or that, like, I don't know, just think about the other side. Think about why they they're not doing that and and whether or not it makes for a more interesting if perhaps less realistic show but i mean we follow these characters for years now
1: and i don't want to see spencer throw her hands up and say you know what i need tanner to solve this (laughs) (laughs)
0: point yeah Uh, all right that was my mini rant
1: all right let's get crazy
0: we're going to open up on a, like well, it's,
1: first of all, talk about like oh, part yeah. of why this, <laughs> this might be like such a great acknowledgement of the continuity of the show and, and I fans ideas about the characters and setting up as we get closer to the finale is it's a Joseph Doherty episode and a Roger Cumble directed episode directed wonderfully by Roger Cumble who we've, who we've talked many times. I think about how this is a director who we're always just like, kind of like upset that his name doesn't get out there more, his career doesn't go a little farther. Um there's Director some of cruel intentions. Exactly. And cruel intentions too. Mhm. And thankfully not cruel intentions 3. Mhm. Um No. Yeah, there are some fucking wonderful transitions in this episode I just have to say.
0: There's a, a motif of dissolves that I'm sure we'll be talking about as we get into it, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was delicious. Um so yeah, we open up we're in the the a meeting room. It's not the same room as before, but we're probably still in the prison cuz Allison's still in her like county lockup jumpsuit. And we're we're looking at a layout of, like, the courtroom on paper, it's like, like, like it's
0: blueprints. Like a, a, yeah, floor plan. And on the sides of the, and it's like an overhead shot. And we see on the sides, there's all these pictures of courtrooms. Mm. And Julie from Friends is explaining to Allie and her father, who's here, like, what, like, a courtroom is and, like, how it works and what a jury is. Like, it's kind of bizarre.
1: I've never seen Barry Mason or Matlock
0: julie's like uh you will be here prosecution there don't be afraid to look at the jury we don't them to think you have anything to hide and kenneth is just like i don't like the idea of des- deciding what happens to my daughter and it's like told it, strangers yeah yeah strangers decide what happens to my daughter it's like are you you know what like the american legal system is right ken well so <laughs> Did says- it just occur to you what a jury is she says it's the
1: American way, but she says it with such disdain in her voice. Like, she's probably yeah. sick and fucking tired of Kenneth. You know, the thing is, too, is the fact that she has to explain to them all this, what have you. I keep thinking, like, why don't you just get a better lawyer on top of it?
0: Is it possible, though? And, and I think they were talking about this on the Cabernet and A podcast. Is it possible Kenneth doesn't know, which is why she's gotten the diagram out in the pictures? She's I, like, I, this is a courtroom you halfwit this is why i don't invite you to the the strategy meetings
1: well of the three of them clearly he is the one least in the know but uh yeah i also wondered too about the idea of the unbiased juror in in rosewood (laughs) i mean considering how this town has a news channel that's only keyed into like the local murders of underage Mm -hmm. girls um and the weather yeah, Allison's like, they know nothing about me. If I could just tell them the whole story. And Rebecca's like, Allison, we've discussed this before. The key to winning this case isn't telling the jury desperate stories about being plotted against. Our job is to prevent the prosecutor from proving his case. Right now, he has a tougher job. And Kenneth's like, why?
0: Because there's no body? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, man, every time Kenneth shows up, I'm just like, I'm twitching in anticipation for him to like just blow up at somebody. And yet, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and julie's explaining uh, that you know the prosecutor has to convince 12 jurors beyond a reasonable doubt that allison killed mona all we have to do is make one of them unsure And Ally's making lots of, like kind of furtive little weird faces you know it's like the wheels are turning uh her dad reaches her puts a hand on her back and she looks up and she's just like one of them and julie the lawyer is like that's all it takes so Ally's allie's gonna like go like blackmail the juror probably
1: so I wonder how much Bethany Young would actually come up in this trial.
0: Yeah, well, probably, I mean, I'm not I a had, lawyer, obviously, but wouldn't there be certain rules against, you know, bringing up unproven accusations or something? I don't know. Like, I feel like you just get it, like, into a sticky situation. Like, you'd get, like, overruled a lot.
1: Well, when they arrested her, I got the impression it was, like,
0: a double murder charge. Mm-hmm. Um, seemingly it's, she's just on well,
1: trial for the murder of Mona Vanderall.
0: Yeah, at least right now. They could be trying her again, yeah. It's funny though how even in Allie's own legal defense, she's basically being told the truth doesn't matter here. Yeah. All that matters is sowing doubt. No one's gonna believe your ass anyway.
2: Well,
1: and you know, thematic that this episode is kind of an idea going back to the pilot. It's all about perception. Mm hmm. Um, so yeah, we kind of pan towards Allison's back and, and dissolve to like a different blonde in prison, a different prison meeting room. was a kind of different pan orange up, jumpsuit, yeah. Hannah from Hannah's back, where she's meeting with Ashley and unfortunately Pastor Ted. Fucking Pastor Ted. Who looks like he'd rather be anywhere else. Like he looks like he's basically the aria of this scene.
0: Ooh, I just got a great screen cap there. Uh, so Ashley's explaining. She says, opening statements in Allison's trial begin at 9 a.m. I'm going to be there. And Ted's just like, I'm not sure that's a good idea. It's like, hey, hey, Ted, no one asked you. Fuck Mm off. Why are you here? Mm -hmm. And Ashley says, I'm going. Something happens that affects you. I don't want to hear about it secondhand. And Hannah says, someone is doing this to me. You understand that, right? And Ashley says, and I think we know who that somebody is. And Hannah's like, I told you, it's not Allie. And Ashley says, Alison De Laurentiis is capable of anything. I've experienced that firsthand. And Hannah's a little credulous. She's like, come on, mom. Like, Allie's not Mona here. She doesn't have <laughs> adrenalized hyper-reality or anything <laughs> that we know of. Um, she just has a no-con. Is it me or does Ashley Benson looks different somehow without the makeup? Like, I don't know if they do, like, contouring in her normal makeup or anything, but her face almost looks different.
1: Uh, you know, I saw a lot of people also complain that, like, prison wasn't a good look for Hannah. I would oh,
0: disagree okay. strongly. Uh, Yeah, it's not a good look for this, like, you know, beautiful actress supermodel. Sure. Especially as the scenes
1: progress throughout the episode, Hannah is glowing
0: Mm -hmm. like the sun. Well, Um, her eyes are all red, though. Like, maybe she's been crying recently, but.
1: Well, I think she's also got a little bit of a squint from giving, like, uh, bitches the murder stare, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, She's in jail after all. But uh, also, like, why isn't Ashley giving her tips for how to survive in the big house?
0: (laughs) Yeah, Ashley would know. Yeah. at least gears and cigarettes which which gangs do you join like who do you become the prison wife of slipperish shiv
2: yeah exactly
0: um and ted's just uh you know ashley's just talked about allison and ted's just like but you can't be certain and he has this like kind of gravelly batman voice like he's hard ted yeah he's like but you can't be certain <clears throat> this guy's just shady and ashley looks over at him like i'm sorry why are you talking yeah. uh, and ashley's like certain enough uh, keep your fucking mouth shut Mm-hmm. and as she says hannah if you know anything about her now is the time to speak up while well, it can still help you and hannah like almost like laughs at this you know and she's like do anything to save myself what part of scripture is that from like to ted mm-hmm. and it's like oh shit hannah has turned on ted mm-hmm. i think she realizes like oh this could be my life now this asshole is my stepdad yeah and uh ted's just like this is about telling the truth hannah and she says, I am telling the truth. I didn't do anything. And Allie didn't do anything either. And Ashley's like, I don't care about the truth. And then it gets awkward between her and Ted. She's like, he looks I care. wounded, yeah. Yeah. I care about getting my daughter out of this place. That's all I care about. And Hannah just kind of shrugs, like, nah. what are you going to do? But, I mean, especially going back to the
1: Ashley thing. I mean, like, a movie like Get Hard can be in the theaters. Like, I'd rather see that same story, but with Ashley and uh, Hannah here. ah <sighs> But yeah, I mean imagine, what, what do you think's
0: up with Ted here?
1: Well imagine if you Is he do... regretting a little? Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And plus he he's Christian, you know, he's religious, he's a pastor, so he hasn't gotten laid yet. Mm-hmm. So I think he's really regretting
0: And he's been there. back from Thailand for a while, if you know what I mean yeah yeah um
1: but yeah, imagine hannah does go you know up the river long term and she gets the that call that she has a visitor and she's thinking oh thank god finally like a conjugal from caleb instead it's fucking ted who wants to pray with her
0: i don't think they give you conjugals from your boyfriend in prison
1: well they oughta.
0: i'm not sure about that i
1: think the shippers can make that happen uh, so we cut to Spencer's kitchen. Um, Spencer's like laying out the Tony's pizza receipt from Varjack from last week alongside the clippings of the personal ads from the Christmas episode on her island counter, and Emily and Ari are there. Spencer
0: put this all together like uh, between episodes, save us the trouble. Yeah, and she's like, "See,
1: if my head hadn't been so jet laggy, I would have remembered it sooner. The number off the Varjack receipt is the same number as the personal ads in Allison's house."
0: Emily and Ari are just confused, and Emily's like, "How does this help, Hannah?" Spencer says, well, if Allie's not guilty, then they can't charge Hannah as an accessory. He can't help someone commit a crime they didn't commit. Duh, Emily. Uh, I don't know about that. I feel like they almost have Hannah as, like, the bigger suspect. Yeah. Like, if if they're willing to give Allie the plea deal and not Hannah, then it seems like Hannah's the bigger fish. So, going back,
1: they never actually planted the, the hair or whatever in mona's house because they no. found the tape mm-hmm. they did find what traces of of mona's
0: blood and ali's trunk traces of her dna
1: traces of her dna but yeah like tither you know laid eyes on caleb and uh
0: and hannah leaving the uh the murder bin well, whatever but murder the thing with sin. the the thing with the plea you you give the plea to to who you think you're like can get you the bigger fish you know like Right. If you thought Ali was the main murderer and Hannah was the accomplice, you would go to Hannah and give Hannah the plea. But, I mean,
1: the plea almost became irrelevant, even though yeah, yeah, turned it down. Because they had already found whatever they needed to independently charge Hannah. Mm-hmm. Although, interestingly enough, seemingly they still did charge her as an accessory. Unless the liar is just operating under faulty information. Um, so, Yari yeah, is like, but Ali already told us the letter and the passwords are fake why do we think the number and the ads are real it's just like i don't know but we did find the number with the other things we didn't so, find the number didn't yeah so Emmy's like what if the numbers are the same what does that mean like you know we call and it just rings no pickup no voicemail nothing and Arias it like, fills us in that yeah meanwhile Neilan's office is closed and locked and Spencer's everybody like, got that yeah Which was like the number appearing twice it's got to mean something this is a tv show we just have to
0: <laughs> figure it out it's a clue guys this is all i need I'm back. I'm recharged from London. I have a new clue. The only thing missing that I really need between now and the end of season seven is for Spencer to straight up have a magnifying glass. Well, there was the one in. uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. uh, Who is this monster? Yeah. Yeah, true. True. Yeah, I guess I, I revised that, that with the, that deer hunter,
1: the deer hunter cap. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, well, and then Emily's just like, well, what if we just don't figure it out in time? So just then, Veronica comes marching down the stairs. Spencer quickly slides away some of the newspaper clippings. Arya slips away some of the pizza receipt. And Veronica's like, the three of you are going to be late for school. So she's like, uh, no, mom, teacher's conference. They dropped the first two periods. I told you.
0: I feel like this is just poking fun at the fans for complaining about how they're never at school. Yeah, like this is what I mean by it feels like the, the episodes in a conversation at the fan base like they, that was not a necessary piece of dialogue. I feel like that's just like a subtle little joke.
1: Yeah, that is basically the I told you my parents are out of town being lawyers. Yeah,
0: well, and it's it's so the way this whole episode is written, it's like the writers know the way the fans watch the show. And so now they're like poking back. And do putting all these little details in, you know, it's it's like a game theory thing now. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh, you think you know how we write, so now that we know what you're looking for, we're gonna give you a whole lot of what you're looking for, so you won't know what to look for.
1: Well, and just kind of like how the introduction of new characters that people mm-hmm. complain about kinda is also sticking it to you in a way. Um, so yeah, the three of them kinda turn and face her, and I just wrote in my notes, act normal babes. Um Veronica's like, oh, then uh this is my chance to talk to all of you. And it's cool though, because remember, Veronica's now Arya's lawyer too. That's true. Uh Veronica's like, I want to strongly suggest that you girls stay away from Alice's trial. And they're all confused by this. And Spencer's like,
0: this is a suggestion. Ar- Aria Arya even narrowed her eyes at Veronica. Veronica yeah. got the eye narrow.
1: You know, sometimes even though it, it has a mind of its own, you have to trust Arya's face. Um, uh, mm-hmm. so like, this is a suggestion? And Veronica's like, for Emily and Arya, yes. For you, it's more than a suggestion.
0: And they just like stare each other down and Emily's like, What is Allie going to think for not there? And Veronica says, I'm more concerned about what other people think. Juries have eyes. And Spence is like, the whole town knows that we're friends with her, and Ari's like, yeah, if we don't go, it'll be like saying we think she's guilty. And Veronica says, I can't tell you or Emily what to do, but consider your actions uh spencer says okay so what are we going to do when hannah goes to trial are we just supposed to turn our backs on her too and veronica says we're not talking about ethics in video game journalism mm. and spencer says that's for sure
1: oh snap
0: point landed 10 points for spence Lord. um at that's, this point emily and Arya are like yeah let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> uh so they just both leave uh and they as they're leaving spencer tries to leave too but veronica just like Bodily, like, steps in front of Spencer to like, get the last word. She's like, Spencer, I want you to promise me you won't go near that courtroom. Hmm. Raise your hand if you think that's going to happen.
1: Spencer face just stares at her. I could have done with a cut of this scene it was 10 minutes long of Veronica just staring at Spencer, waiting for her to respond. She mm-hmm. never does with like tense eye chatter. Um, yeah, and going, going back to Arya's line, I'm sure the jury really cares that little Arya McGuffrey <laughs> didn't show
2: up
0: don't the they jur- though they're the really hoping are- to see her new fashions
1: when they're congregating they're just like you guys i think Arya thinks that allison's guilty so therefore yeah, yeah. Arya, who's wearing a black and white skirt here which obviously represents man's duality
0: they're like that Arya chick over there she keeps narrowing her eyes at everyone you know, haven't cracked the code yet but i didn't hear half the testimonies because i just couldn't take my eyes off her
1: bizarre wonderful amazing face <laughs>
0: But it really feels like Spencer, like, she recharged her batteries in London. She's back to being full Spencer now. There's no fucking, like, egg around to, like, try to drag her down tell her not to, you know, be Spencer.
1: Well, she's not as burdened by the the loss of Toby. Mm-hmm. As burdened, I said. I'm sure she's still yeah. feeling it, but it's like she's gotten that. Like, Toby's put up the wall. He started the rift. She gets it. Um, So we're at the Rewindow Brew after the credits we can see some people playing around with like Johnny's like whisper secrets booth which there's like two
0: is... people in there that that's not that's cheating yeah. it's it's not a secret you know two can keep a secret if one of them's dead You can't both tell the secret
1: well off screen one of those two people is gonna get murdered
0: yeah we pan over and look through the, like the weird windows that are like inside the brew to the liars in their nook from like a side angle mm-hmm. uh, obviously minus Hannah they're talking to Hannah's uh, emissary here Caleb Mm. um what is caleb saying he's saying everything i've tried to trace this number back to the source just disappears into a black hole of nothingness no tagged id no localizing signature the phone on the other end could be on mars or on the other side of the room it's probably the latter right yeah this is just like blah 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 techno babble we don't know whose phone it is and spencer's like an insanely secure phone and somebody uses it to order pizza i mean why not you're (laughs) hungry and Emily's like, Emily's like, maybe they don't know what they have. And Ari's like, then why don't they pick up when we call? Like, considering where they found this number, I'm pretty sure there's no way that a person on the other end of the line doesn't know what they have. Yeah. You know, like, that wouldn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Uh, Spencer turns to Caleb. Um, body language here. Her legs are crossed away from him. Hmm. I'll bring that up later. And she's like, do you have a burner phone? And he's like, what color? of course he just carries like multicolored bol- burner phones around in his, his bag. There,
1: I thought about this the other day as I as I'm actively now working on my Kindle Worlds thing. Mm-hmm. Why don't the liars just constantly cycle through their own burner phones?
0: I don't know what they would gain. I guess
1: I feel like it just makes it like a more of a chore for for A to hack them
0: to figure them out. True, yeah, but to make it more of a chore for them to you know be teenage girls spoiler like if that, they're like have all this like tradecraft they constantly have to go through you know spoiler that is part of my Kindle Worlds thing is the okay. constant
1: need for or suggestion for constant needs of burner phones and Spencer suggesting that they sometimes slip into airplane mode so they can't be tracked which I don't know if it would actually work but it sounds good to me um Probably, so yeah he, he hands her like a white one and Emily's like it's just gonna keep ringing and Spencer's like well let's see what happens when I put it in writing and she types out did you miss me love Holly and shows the others. And then I like how she eye-
0: raises an eyebrow. Like, huh? Yeah, that's not bad, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Emily's like, Holly Golightly or Holly Varjack? She shows Caleb too. And Caleb's like, send it. And Arya's, Arya,
0: like, Arya's like, she says nothing there. She's oddly quiet in the scene. It, it seems like, at least at first, like she see, always seems like she's just kind of observing and not really sure like where to pitch in, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially I think, I want to say almost after her conversation with Caleb, where he basically called her out on acting dumb.
0: <laughs> well, it's like Caleb and Spencer, they're, you know, people of action. And yeah. Arya is like, it's like they're like just like doing shit. And she's well, just kind of watching.
1: Arya and Emily in this episode are very strongly like our stand-ins, like to let us know, mm-hmm. like these these basic questions to move the plot along. Oh, what about blah, blah, blah. And Spencer's like, hey, audience, it's like this. Yeah.
0: Trust we're me, like right now and Ari Aria's like, what if we're not in the same book club? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Holly Golightly reference. And Spencer says, then we'll figure out something else. And then she gives the phone back to Caleb, which seems weird. Like, shouldn't one of the liars hang on to that?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and Emily's like, "Allie's running out of time. And Caleb's like, and so is Hannah. Spencer's like, I know. You know, like, chill the fuck out. Well,
1: Emily's basically like Ali's emissary.
0: Mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And Ari says, Spence, are you going to be there tomorrow? at the trial and Spencer's like, I don't know. And she just like gets judgy eyes from mm-hmm. Emily and Arya, And she's like, listen, you guys, I had to go do something. So I'll talk to you later. And she just gets right on up and walks out. We're in a fairly short skirt. And we notice as she gets up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so Emily's like, sure. Uh, you know, for your Caleb Spencer, like shit fodder here, she does kind of like, you know, touch him on the shoulder as she goes.
1: But again, Spencer has chemistry of everyone.
2: Mhm.
1: she's reading That's... a book later and you know she's got chemistry at that book too
0: i feel like every time something like that happens though all the halo fans like wince
1: you know well on a different show yeah maybe this this would happen like in a season but you know mm-hmm. i mean we were saying this back in season three remember oh yeah um yeah so spencer's gone emily asks Caleb if he'll be visiting hannah today and he's like tomorrow but she said she tried to call me today and Emily's like she has to get to Allie and ask about that phone number. Also, it's funny how <laughs> like
0: yeah, it's funny how important she makes that seem, like the like talking to Allie about the phone number when it seems fairly minor in the grand scheme of things. Yeah.
1: I mean, Caleb just nods. I mean, I think he could have probably politely found a way to say, "Hey Emily, no shit." Mm-hmm. Um outside the De Laurentiis Realty office, Jason walks out and there waiting for him is Spencer.
0: It's great the way he walks out the door and the camera just kind of pans over and, like, whoop, there's Spencer just standing there waiting for him. Well,
1: I love how she's just like, Jason. And he's like, sighing, like, hello, Spencer. Like, he he just just starts
0: starts walking away. (laughs) You know, like he's not even like stopping to talk, he's just walking to the car.
1: But yeah, so the conversation goes like just about every like, like latter days, Jason and Spencer conversation. She says she's left a message. He says, I know. She says they need to talk. He says he doesn't think that's a good idea. They pretty much exhausted whatever they need to say to each
0: other. Well, just like Jason. And he's like, we pretty much exhausted anything we have to say to each other. And it's like there's this weird antagonism with Jason. Like, I always feel like it's unearned. Like he has like an attitude that I don't feel like he can justify where he's. He always seems just kind of bitchy with Spencer for some reason.
1: Well, ever since he fell down that elevator shaft.
0: Even before that, like, well, he's... he, but he teamed up with her
1: more though. It's like they started to realize that they're the same; that they actually make a pretty good team.
0: Yeah, sometimes it just—I don't know—it all he all seems to have like a weird attitude. And, like, I I can never tell like like are they are they like on good terms right now or not? Because like sooner or later he like cops an attitude to her. Yeah. Uh, and Spencer's like, you need to listen to me, okay? And he says, no, I don't. I did listen to you. And now they have me down as a prosecution witness. Like, well, no shit. You basically blew your sister's, you know, testimony. I don't know what you're, or alibi. I don't know what you're expecting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spencer's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, you're sorry? Good. <laughs> Dick. Um, and yeah, you see Kenneth DeLaurentis coming out of the office and locking but- it behind them.
1: But see, this is this the episode does this a couple times where it's like in the background you see Kenneth who sees <laughs> our characters and he gets all hoity toity. And Are you can like, see him
0: like winding up, his face I, getting redder.
1: And you're like, Yeah. I mean, like I wanted the episode to end of like smoke coming out of his super red ears. <laughs> I would have loved that. Yeah, he glares them down, locks the door, and Spencer's like, Please, we, we need to talk about Allison is isn't guilty. And Ken waters past, like, Get in the car, Jason. And Spencer's like, Please, get in the car now. Spencer and Spencer She's full on like Mr. De Laurentis. I just want to talk to Jason. I'm not interested in what you want. What you want doesn't help Allison. We're neighbors, at least for the moment. In case you forgot, your house is the one with the big gate and the wall. Stay on the other side of it.
0: I hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they drove drive off and like Lee Spencer to stew. Ken is such a like he's like a sniveling blowhard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he he's always has this like pissy rage about him that is somehow compelling even though like i don't know like i feel like maybe a different actor this guy would just be super annoying but there's something about the way he plays the character where it's it's always enjoyable to see him just get super angry and like you know bastardly
1: well i remember you know we saw him in that one episode before season five and then Mm -hmm. when season five was coming back and we obviously knew that jessica de was dead i remember there was an interview somewhere or something where it was actually posed to somebody at the show like oh, obviously you're going to need Allison's dad. We assume you're going to recast the role with maybe an actor who's got some chops, more chops. And people were there like, no, same guy's coming back. And like now I love him. The only thing I want is like a, the flashback scene where like him in happier times, because I feel like that would be a, a special treat. Well, you, you know what it would be weird was.
0: if you could do a, a flashback to uh kenneth jessica Allie and jason like all together like a, i don't know like you know family dinner or, or something yeah. where they're all together that would be fascinating because we've never i don't think we've ever seen three of them interact at any point maybe maybe briefly jason is in the same room as Allie yes, and jessica like on the couch yeah uh,
1: um as jessica's telling spencer to go shiv or uh <laughs> jessica's telling Allie to go shiv spencer but like i'm thinking more like i want that Christmas party from four years ago where mm-hmm. it's like Peter Hastings and Veronica and Jessica and Ken. Ooh, wow. And Peter's like, Ken, come try the scotch with me. Let's talk about key parties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got to an empty classroom at Rosen High where, uh, Andrew's like, well, Kenneth and Jason drive off. Sorry, leaving Spencer there on the sidewalk. Let me cut to this empty classroom. Andrew's there passing out papers to empty desks of whatever class this is. And Arya walks in.
0: I think it was uh, one of our Twitter fans. uh, I think it was Sarah was saying that he's, he's passing out like blank papers to look like a teacher so that Arya will be attracted to him.
1: Well, he's gone from the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt to the inscrutable Arya Montgomery. Well, because
0: uh, there's no one in the class, it seems like wait, is this is this your classroom that you're teaching in, Andrew? Because you, you look old and you're passing out papers. You fooled Arya. You?
1: you could be 17. You could be 32. We don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, and I think we need to talk about the outfit here.
1: Uh, her like low cat jacket,
0: like black semi lacy top a weird black and white horizontal striped skirt that's just like insane and geometric and like probably messes your tv up yeah. and then a like a pink jacket i don't even know what kind of jacket that is it has like little like cat faces all over it it's so are you i'm just so stunned
1: every time i see her fashion <laughs> on tv now i don't I just I try to think in my mind like the little bit of fan fiction where she goes and buys this. She's like, yeah, this is perfect. This is so me. And the clerk's like, seriously, you're going to wear this?
0: We we haven't sold a single one of these before. Mandy Lyon, like she finds this jacket and it's like, that's an insane jacket. It's so Aria. But it's like, no, no, it's we're not just going to have her wear this over something reasonably normal. We're going to have her wear it over this totally bizarre black and white thing that just clashes like 100 percent.
1: you know i remember when i first started watching the show like around season one you know kind of casually mm-hmm. watching it on hulu and there was like one of the little featurettes that was the cast being interviewed about their fashion like typical teen show mm-hmm. you know not not too in-depth and now i just think to myself like i really want to go back and find that <laughs> featurette and just i wanted to go deeper so mm-hmm. i'm gonna, like just have cameras follow mandy Line when she. Goes on shopping streets for this show. Um, yeah, so Aria says, hey, Andrew. We've talked about this scene for 10 minutes without even talking about the scene. Uh, Aria says, hey. Andrew says, hey, you've been hard to find. And she says, yeah, she's been texting back. But, you know, there's a lot going on right now. And he's just like, I know. How'd it go?
0: And he's like grinning. And Aria narrows her eyes at him. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, the test. Am I a successful tutor? And she's smiles. She's like, oh, very successful. And he's like, good. And he does this thing where he he walks right over to her and she's smiling and it's like it feels like maybe he's going to go like give her a hug or something but mm-hmm. then he just walks right past her. Oh yeah. And yeah. Arya like watches him go by and even like leans away out of the way a little bit like he was just going to walk right into her or something. It's like it's like they're they're not on the same page intimacy wise here. Uh, I feel like okay so again deleted scene
1: like Andrew's like watching Nocon doing his thing and he's just like I hate that Nocon and like Nocon runs off like a like a book drops out of his bag, and Andrew goes and picks okay. it up. And it's like a seduction guide or something. Oh God. And Andrew's just like, This is my Bible now.
0: Noel Kahn, the pickup artist. <laughs> it's like step one be Noel Kahn.
1: That would be a great web series, wouldn't it?
0: Noel Kahn doing <laughs> pickup artist advice.
1: Yeah. Like somewhere between Don Draper and like uh, Frank T.J. Mackey.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, anyway andrew's like how's mike and Ari's like he's okay i guess which to me was just hilarious when i watched this like he's okay i guess who's mike uh Ari's like oh, he's up in harrisburg with his lacrosse team they're turning it into a field trip but turning, turning yeah, what into a field trip i don't know lacrosse? like
1: their their toga and like bum paddle party
0: yeah she says but i'm just kind of glad he's out of town and to keep his mind off. you know you guys he's out of town like I feel like that was a joke, and it's like they they put in that line about where Mike is just to just let everyone know, like, hey guys, there's an explanation. That's where he is. Yeah. Although who knows where the fuck Byron is? Syracuse. Is he still at Syracuse? Uh, why not? I mean, to me, well, where's, where's the Ella?
1: The question's always more: Where's Ella? Where does yeah. she live now?
0: Under the stairs. Yeah. Uh, Andrew's like the trial, and Ari's like, yeah, the trial. Um, and so it's like, it's like, is he just being cute by like asking her about the test when he knows that's not what's on her mind?
1: Does he really know that she's even
0: broken up from Ezra? Maybe. I mean, it seems like it's like a week since the last episode. But it also implies
1: that like they haven't talked since the note that Emily found in Arya's locker.
0: Um, yeah, I
1: guess so. I mean... Then he's being very smart and calculated by like not being like, you know, shit, you could have called. But Andrew's like, it's happening fast, isn't it? And Ari's like, that's how Mr. De Laurentiis
0: wanted it. No motions, no delays. I hope there are no delays. It's happening ridiculously fast. She was arrested like a month ago. Uh, Also, why exactly does Kenneth not want any delays or motions? Because he doesn't understand the law? You know, what's interesting is I feel like
1: we're going to... I presume figure out who killed Mona this season, you know, whether the audience does or, or the police do. But I kind of wonder, like we haven't really talked. I mean, they talk about this episode, but like we haven't talked about who might've killed Jessica.
0: Kenneth. Well, I'm all in on that. We all, we know it's Kenneth, but Mm -hmm. I, I
1: don't think it was a, but yeah. Um, so Andrew's like, I guess that's what he thinks is best for Allison. And Ari's like, I guess so. Anyway, how are you? And she like does this little twist and like turns on the flirt charm. And I feel like if Andrew was sporting a plaid shirt and a vest right now and not a Henley Arya would be losing her mind.
0: Mm-hmm. And Andrew's like me. Fine. Getting a little tired of memorializing Mona. Mrs. Horowitz keeps talking about her. Hmm. And Arya's like, like, eh, she's just trying to understand what happened like the rest of us. And he's like, I suppose looks like she's ready to nominate Mona for sainthood. Our best scholar, our martyred hero. Like, she won every championship on her own. We're seeing a little bit of an interesting side of Andrew here. And Arya's like, I, I I guess she was a pretty aggressive competitor. And Andrew says, not aggressive. Vicious. I've seen her intellectually kneecap dozens of kids. And the only thing Mona likes better than winning is taking the credit. We're lucky she didn't go to get to college and start thinking about running for president. Uh, am, more like Supreme Chancellor of the Galaxy, Andrew. I am...
1: All in on the House of Cards spinoff. That's just Mona on the road to becoming
0: president. Can mm-hmm. we make that happen? Yes, we can. Well, it's like, okay, so Andrew is secretly super bitter about Mona. Well, or or is he doing this because he thinks Arya would, like, appreciate it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought to myself, like, read the fucking room,
0: Andrew. Mm-hmm. Because um, now Arya's outright frowning. Like, you don't goofed, Andrew.
1: Mona sounds like a normal student who is just competitive with their academics. Don't hate.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And is like, are you sure? Are you saying that the world's better off without her? And Andrew's like, I'm just saying there are other people on this team. The A-team. Uh, he gets up and passes out more papers. And is just like, holy shit, you're a monster. Um, and it's really funny that he unloaded all that just as she was looking to get flirty. Like, yeah. this guy does, is not picking up on, like, the vibes at any moment. Like, his timing is terrible.
1: And I'm hoping that Arya's thinking like, note to self, do not ever leave my drink unintended around Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go to Emily's bedroom. It's night. It's a dark and stormy night in Rosewood. Her range sh- Yeah, it's raining she's shutting- in Rosewood. She's
0: shutting her open windows
1: when the phone rings. Where
0: the- is where's Talia? Is Talia is like still crashing at this place or I don't actually do she's probably
1: living in her car go out of town. The-, the Edgewood Motor Inn. Mm hmm. Um, so she gets, she answers the phone. It's the automated voice asking if she'll accept a call from the inmate. Allison, which she does. Um, I love that all the shots in this room are, are from Emily's, you know, window outside her window, looking in, um, Mm -hmm. awkward at first. They share their hellos. We see Allison like in the prison hallway on the pay phone. Emily asks how Allison is. And Allison's like, never
0: better. And Emily's like, there's, you'll be fine. There's all these pauses in this conversation. Like all the real dialogue is happening between their words. Yeah. Because this is the conversation Hello, Allie Hello, Emily You okay? Never better You'll be fine Really? What makes you say that? I'm sorry Allie says, no I'm sorry I didn't call to say that I just Listen Tomorrow, will you be there? And Emily's like, I'll try Allie says, you'll try And Emily says, I'll be there And Allie says, thank you And then we hear some keys jingle behind Allie in prison She looks back She says, somebody said it was raining Is it raining back home? And it was like, yes, it's, it's raining. And there's like this super long pause where like in this pause, I think Allie and Emily like get to get back together and then break up all over again. Amazon. And then Allie's like, good night, Em. And Emily's like, good night, Allie. End game. Mm-hmm. Um, the rain is interesting. I mean, in Rosewood, the rain is controlled by Aria's emotions. Usually. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and Emily's shirt is a bunch of Arya's old feather earrings on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, So what this was an interesting uh, scene to me because it feels like Allie is she's like searching for that kind of like loyalty or affection from Emily Mm -hmm. and not really getting it. Like, I don't think Emily's being cold or anything, but like Allie has so completely betrayed Emily's trust so many times that it's at a certain point, like Emily just can't give it back anymore.
1: But I think there's also a touch of Emily feeling guilty about her own doubts towards Allison.
0: Yeah, I mean I think Emily feels bad about it, but at the same time, she can't really offer up what I think Allie really wants here.
1: But I think this is also a good placeholder scene that, you know, should they want to do something in an Emerson way, mm-hmm. they can. I think you, you know it's it's keeping that alive, potentially to do something with that, or just to further whatever their dynamic is going to be going forward. So yeah, Emily hangs up, she sits and ponders this, and then what sounds like the greatest start to a video game theme ever begins. It's just like it,
0: cool electronic music. Yeah.
1: It's a cover of a Depeche Mode song. Um,
0: A pain that I'm used to. Took
1: far too long to get Depeche Mode to peel off. I wonder why there's so many covers in this episode. Like, I just wonder if they blew all their money in Bang Bang a few episodes ago.
0: Yeah, I think the cover thing is a way around royalties, maybe, or something like that. It was just um, cheaper, yeah. But yeah, so Emily's pondering through the window as it rains outside, and then kind of like rack focuses to focus on the rain and then we dissolve to a showerhead in prison uh you know spraying water down the camera kind of like follows the water down to alley. uh it's like almost completely facing the camera there's one moment where she seems to look right at the camera she's just like washing her hair mm-hmm. uh it's a very fascinating shot and then it cuts to her looking at herself in a mirror just kind of, of like course. admiring her you know face there
1: well, it's it's also it's a nice play on like self-perception
0: perception because I took mm-hmm. it more
1: as Allison's like summoning up herself, but also I'd because reflective surfaces is like a constant theme in the Allison De story. Well, also, they, this is uh this is Ferris Bueller in jail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a split second where it felt like Allie like directly at the camera, like it's like she's aware of the story that she's in and she like just very briefly like acknowledged it. Uh, which is kind of like that's that's why Allison's always in so much danger. She she knows her power, you know. Uh,
1: but I a lot of these transitions I think about because I feel like it was with Shadowplay that we really started to realize that Doherty, who was you know starting to direct himself, mm-hmm. like was writing towards that. Mm-hmm. And so I I kind of I kind of look at that and I think that some of these transitions are specifically written. Like of course he would go from one inmate's back to the other, or from the rain to the shower head.
0: Yeah. It's well, interesting
1: I, when the writers direct themselves, what they write towards, I guess.
0: Well, Natalie totally. She seems like a femme fatale here, you know. Just like staring at herself in the mirror, like rubbing her hair,
1: like she's gonna like like fling her brush effortlessly behind her and like kill that that guard watching her, and then basically turn the Black Widow.
0: Yeah, and then we should she want to? We dissolve from that to a reflection of Ali, a slightly blurry reflection. She's looking at herself in the like shiny, you know, wooden desk in the uh in the courtroom she's she's in in court now for the trial and then she looks up and we get kind of a wide shot we see uh jason and kenneth are behind her you know big courtroom area and this is all like this like montage to this uh this depeche mode cover song kind of cool little sequence
1: this trial of the century yeah like for for from going from like Water to like like mirrored surfaces like just alone these thirty seconds that mm-hmm. that are set to this song I would say are worth the not the title this is just a filler episode
0: you know? yeah I I actually watched this particular like montage like about five times just because I found it fascinating yeah. the, the jury's files in Ali's Ali's watching them um see shots of Ken and Jason then we cut to Ashley then we go to the twins Cindy and Mindy. Yes, they they make a showing. Uh, are they like emissaries for the Jenna thing here?
1: I wonder because I I've been really wondering what happened to like Allison's army.
2: Well, did assembled. you notice like
0: one of the twins is like you know pink cardigan, good girl. Mm-hmm. The other one has like a black leather jacket on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means something. Mm-hmm. I hope it does. It's uh it's both sides of Sandy from
1: uh, Greece. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the DA who is not Marsha Clark is named. Douglas Sirk,
0: <laughs> yeah. Douglas Sirk is a well-known uh, director of melodramas back in the fifties.
1: Imitation of Life, and Deception, All that Heavens Allows. Yeah. Um, definitely a, a Doherty thing. Um, uh, yeah. Cindy, Minnie look cute. Allison looks back. She sees Ari and Emily coming in. At first, she's pleased, and then maybe a little dismay that it's just the two of them.
0: Yeah, and then Ari kind of like shakes her head, like you know, no, no Spencer. Um uh, Allie watched them take a seat. Uh, it's, it's interesting that. It, Emily's not making a ton of eye contact with Allie here, but Arya and Allie are, like, staring at each other the whole time. It's like they're communicating something telepathic here.
1: Let's talk fashion.
0: Oh, uh, Arya's fashion? Arya well, Arya's. <laughs> Emily's like, wearing, like, a, a giant vest. Emily is wearing, like, a tuxedo
1: without a bow tie or sleeves. It's basically a cross between, like, a Magic Mike outfit and something that Slash from Guns N' Roses would wear. Mm-hmm. Um Aria's it, dress
0: is somewhat normal. It's just like a like yeah. pale blue thing. But I
1: mean, Emily's is, is this is almost like the most bonkers outfit I've ever seen her wear. Uh but Rebecca kind of taps Alice on the shoulder, like, hey, eyes forward. We see the judge come in and take his seat. This is Judge M. Robson. Uh later the trial's going. We got the, the prosecutor Douglas Sirk. He's making his opening statement to the jury.
0: Uh, do you want to do this or do you want me to do it? No, do it. He's like, remember high school? Remember when every
1: hallway slight was like an assault? When allegiances and enemies were magnified out of all proportion? It is a world where a perceived opponent must be dealt with quickly, without remorse. And that is what Alison DiLorentis did to Mona Vanderall. Miss Marcus will be up here shortly, and she's going to tell you an amazing story about Alison DiLorentis. How she was kidnapped and traumatized by two years of captivity. How she escaped her captors and returned home. Helped by her closest friends, you know, cut to Ari and Emily, who were like, "We should go." Uh, Circus like, it's a remarkable story. It's, it's breathtaking. None of it happened.
0: It's and Ari and Emily terrifying. look at each other like, "Oh shit, <laughs> we- <laughs> 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 we're boned." <laughs> Ari is
1: like, throws on her smoke bomb, and they run out. <laughs> uh, Circus like, the Commonwealth will prove with direct testimony of witnesses. Alison's epic tale, of abduction, and escape is a lie. There's a lie created by her and perpetuated by the friends that helped
0: save her. And now Ari and Emily are like, hey, I think he means us. Shit. <laughs> I just
1: wanted to hear Ari's echoed voice be like, fuck. <laughs> uh, Cirque then pulls up this like this glamorous photo of Mona looking lovely. It's the one it. from her funeral. Yeah, he shows it to the jury, like kind of just for effect, make sure they see it. And he's like, Mona Vanderall knew the truth. She had the power to destroy the fantasy created by Allison and maintained by her little group of followers. And that <laughs> is why Allison the is planned and carried out the murder of Mona Vanderall, consigning her to a cruel, anonymous end.
0: Yeah, lots of frowns all around from, like, Allie and her dad and Ari and Emily now. So I guess the, the prosecution's plan here is they're positing that Allie's motive for killing Mona was to keep the kidnapping lie a secret. Yeah. Like that's because at first when he like brought up the whole like kidnapping thing, I'm like, where are you going with this? Yeah. But I guess that's the foundation of their motive. Which is convenient because then it puts the liars in the crosshairs as well.
1: Well, I like that the prosecutor's vision of Alice and the Liars basically takes them back on par with being the mean girls mm-hmm. they were seen as back in season one and the start of the show. Also, the extra right behind Emily looks a lot like LeVar Burton to me i can't see that yeah so after the commercial we're outside the courtroom aria's like next to emily on the phone of spencer you know her phone is right side up this time and she's like they know about ali not being kidnapped they probably know about new york too you see spencer's in the hallway at rosewood hi and she's like how could they know and Arya's like witnesses spencer he said they've got witnesses the line reading so hilarious
0: witnesses spencer he said they got witnesses
1: um also something about the height differences and the clothes here, particularly, make Emily and Arya look hilarious side by side to me.
0: Yeah, Emily's like, just looking around nervously the whole time, towering this, over Arya.
1: This isn't quite accurate, but I feel like I'm looking at a glamorous reboot of Twins right
0: here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and uh, Spencer's like Cyrus, Arya's like Cyrus, and Emily's like, "What about Cyrus?" Her eyes fly out of her head. Yeah, Spencer says the cops must have found Cyrus. He knows the whole kidnapping story, and he'd do anything to save himself. Arya, where's Mike? And Arya's like, he's in Harrisburg. And Spencer's like, good. And Arya's like, good? What do you mean good? Why is that good? Isn't it obvious, Arya? Meanwhile, in the background,
1: De Laurentiis (laughs) has seen them and is angrily marching towards them.
0: De Laurentiis enters every scene as though he just drank like a pint of vinegar.
1: But also... That's what
0: his face looks like.
1: But also, like, he has to yell at you really (laughs) quick because he also has to poop. (laughs) Exactly. I am crowning! (laughs) He's like,
0: you knew about this! You all knew, and you told the police. Uh, and lawyer Julie is just like, "This isn't going to solve anything, Mister De Laurentiis." And he said, "You talked her into it. That's what happened. The four of you talked her into this. It was your idea." And it's like, "Oh, so I guess this is where Allie gets the other side of her personality." Yeah, <laughs> it's like refusing to like have Allie take any responsibility here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason's like, "Dad, Allie lied to them the same as she lied to us." And Kenneth's like, Jason, you don't know. And Laura Julie's just like, not here, gentlemen. And so Kenneth and the lawyer and Jason, they like all take turns glaring at Aria and Emily, and then walking off one at a time.
1: Aria's like, what the fuck did I do?
0: And Aria just gets back on the phone. She's like, yeah, you heard all that. And Spencer's like, yeah, I heard. And Ari says they adjourned the date for the day, but you know we'll call you if anything happens. Spencer's like, okay. So now she just has to go back to class. This new drama.
1: Well, it's interesting that Rebecca, the lawyer, knew about Allison's kidnapping story. No mm-hmm. bullshit, but Kenneth never did. <laughs>
0: no, Because Kenneth has been out of town for like four months or something.
1: Yeah, or something. So, yeah, then we're, we look at the prison laundry room. Allison's like pushing her car to prison jumpsuits
0: around, going to the machines, collecting presumably the clean ones. There's so a lot of laundry to be done at this, like, women's correctional, isn't there? Yeah,
2: well, I mean.
0: It's like yeah. all Allie does. It's like a full-time job.
1: I've seen only a couple of women in prison movies, and as I understand it, there's a lot of, like, catfights and, like, tearing of, like, sleeves off of each other. I'm surprised we don't see more of that. She hears the door buzz. She looks over. It's Hannah being let in, the new fish. Uh, they see each other, and, again, Hannah looks lovely. So, Allie throws some of the linen in her cart, and then we kind of transition to later as...
0: Uh, did you notice that Allie no longer has any bandage on her left arm where she had, like, a huge slice?
1: yeah is that a continuity
0: error or is it like ali's twin
1: i don't know it's like the other arm now like yeah. the one that we saw the, the one that was room. burned yeah. yeah like now that has different bandages you know,
0: per scenes yeah. yeah we
1: transition from that cart to like later it's hannah and allison are pulling some jumpsuits out of it and folding them they're almost back to back but kind of side to side where they do that thing where you want to talk to someone but you're hoping it won't be conspicuous
0: yeah well they've never looked more like twins here like the orange jumpsuits blonde ponytails yeah um it's hannah's been trying to like escape her like alley you know shadow this entire season it's it's like more prominent than ever
1: well we thought that the dark hannah saga was over but it's really not eh, it's really, I, I think it is it maybe uh so allison's like the personal ads were real and hannah's like the ads were real but the passport is fake how does that work and Allison's like somebody planted them but i hid things in the house too everybody hides things hannah <laughs>
0: But Hannah's all business, she's like not ready to be super friendly yet. And she's like, and the phone number Spencer found? And Allie says, that's real. And Hannah says, who are you talking to? And Allie says, not talking, texting. When my mother is killed, somebody bought a tribute out in the paper. Uh, all it said was, good night light, and the red balloon, and a response number, a code that the papers use. And Hannah's like, good night light? I know that, it's from a book. Allie says, my mother used to read to me, or read that to me when I was a baby. And Hannah's like, well, who would know that? Even though it's like a super common book that yeah, like everybody's, everybody's mother right read <laughs> it to them. And Ali says, "That's what I was trying to figure out, find out." So I answered, and two days later, another ad: "Good night, nobody. Good night, brush." And Hannah says, "Good night to the old lady, whispering hush." Uh, so Hannah is a theorist, like can note that Hannah seems to know this very well.
1: But then again, this is a very cool yeah, book.
0: true, true. Uh,
1: it's good night, moon. Come on.
0: Yeah, okay. Allie s- says, uh, and then a phone number. I sent a text. And Hannah's like, why didn't you tell us you were doing this? You've been talking to A, and you never said a word. And Allie explains that Arya killed Shauna in New York. Yeah, okay, my mother was buried in Spencer's backyard. I was afraid that you were going to get hurt. And Hannah's, like, just still annoyed by this. And Allie's just like, whoever it was, they said they knew who killed my mother. They were just torturing me. It wasn't A, it was Mona. And it's like, well, how are you so sure it's Mona? And Allie says that the only thing I know for sure is the text stopped when Mona was killed. And then she rolls off with her big ass laundry bin. I get why a lot of people like hate Ali. But to me, it it makes sense that she would keep this to herself, especially because the liars were like all up on her case about slapping Mona. Yeah. Like she's she was going to keep this on the deal. She she thinks Mona's fucking with her and can't prove it. She's just going to keep quiet.
1: Well, yeah, she was trying to hold them together as a group throughout this whole period. And then, you know, probably by the time she was ready to tell them, they all fucking turned on her. Yeah. Um, So go to Spencer's bedroom where she's sitting in her big red chair, the one with the hidden cubby hole in it. And she's holding a book in her lap while she stares out the window. And then Veronica walks in and she says, uh, Emily and Ari were at the courthouse today. And Spencer's like, well, whoever told you that must have told you I wasn't there with them. Do you, did you know what was going to happen? And Veronica's like, I heard too late to
0: do anything about it. Veronica's body language in this episode is endlessly amusing. Like, it's just so much like crossed arms and like just kind of like quiet, like contained fury, you know?
1: Yeah, and such as like, too late to do anything except warn me not to be there. The Hastings have the kind of family dynamics that you typically only find in like old Russian novels about <laughs> suffering and vodka, existential winters, and discontent lasts forever. I mean, really, only the, these Hastings who guard this secret <laughs> will be unhappy. Yeah. Um, Ron, so, Veronica is like, Veronica's like, maybe now you understand why he did that. So, she's like, I'm still trying to understand why you and Melissa, Melissa lied to me. And try to keep me from coming back when my friends needed me. Uh, Veronica's like, someone will be going to prison for a very long time. My only concern is it's not going to be you. So she starts to leave. And Spencer's like, don't you want to ask me if I knew about Ali's fake kidnapping? And Veronica's like, no, because I'm telling you,
0: you didn't. I love the way Spencer like baits her mother by suggesting that she's, you know, <laughs> yeah. a, a nerdy well. Yeah. It's like that's her favorite move when Veronica's like giving her shit. It's like, oh, don't you want to know the truth, huh? Uh, and is just like no, because I'm telling you, you didn't. Spencer, huh? You know, Spencer really needs some Peter Hastings in her life right now. Seriously. Spencer, your mom means well, but it's like I keep telling her, you want to get results, you got to be willing to get your hands dirty. Pass like me that I can... wrench, and uh, let's pretend I was here for the next hour.
1: <sighs> it's like I keep telling your mom, you never drink anything below an 18 year. 15? No, you go to jail for that. Only an 18 year. Um. Yeah, I I like again though that it's it's the truth is not what we want here.
2: No.
0: Keep
1: the lie up, keep the lie up, girls. Um, so the prison meeting room. Hannah's as like, as we
0: learned from Focus, you die on that lie.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then you shoot your partner. Uh, Hannah's like meeting with Caleb, and Caleb's like all the time she was talking to somebody about her mother. She never told you. And Hannah does the aria thing where she glances over her shoulder and she says she thinks it was Mona. Ali's scared. She's trying to be brave, but I can see something running around inside her, behind her eyes, which is deep as fuck. Mm-hmm. And Caleb's like, is there anything running around behind your eyes? And Hannah's like, oh, yeah. Snakes, spiders, flying monkeys. Nothing I can't handle. That's God. interesting. Give this girl a shotgun and a katana sword. <laughs> just point her at this zombie apocalypse.
0: Yeah. And then Caleb reaches out and takes her hand. And I really wanted the guard to just yell, no touching. <laughs> and Caleb's just like, we're going to get you out of here. I promise. And Hannah says, be careful what you promise. And he's like, Hannah. And Hannah says, I'm sorry to think this isn't going to work out the way we want it to.
2: Ooh.
0: Ooh. And just like, you can't think like that. We will figure this out. And it's like, even if we figured this out, no one's going to believe us. I wouldn't believe the story that's happening to me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's another little meta joke. And Kayla's just like, you can't lose hope. And Hannah says. You can't lose hope. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't. Can't <laughs> just parachutes into the room. <laughs> you listen to that young man. Uh, Hannah says, the thing I hope for is for you to stay safe. That's the only promise I want you to make. If things get worse, I want you to find a way out. He's like, what do you mean, out? She's like, out, away, gone. I want you to get on a plane or a boat, go somewhere where they can't find you. And so Caleb and Toby built a great gray ship in Ithilien, and they sailed down the Anduin and over the sea to Valinor.
1: See, I will up that. Imagine this is the end of Season 5. It's Caleb and Arya on a boat with Tyrion and Varys, and they're sailing away to become magical assassins and ride on dragons.
0: That's not bad. That's not bad
1: at all. But uh, it, who who is
0: legless and who is Gimli? I think Caleb's got to be legless, right? Are you saying that Arya's Gimli? <laughs> well, if she is short enough.
1: <laughs> can you just imagine Arya on like a battle axe? That yes. more than like nine of her?
0: <laughs> yes, I can.
1: <laughs> Arya's slamming down glasses of mead.
0: <laughs> and, and it says, Caleb, I can manage as long as you're safe. And he says, well, I'm not going to do that. And Hannah says, "Well, that's what I want you to do. Promise me." And she's really like locking everything down now. She's cutting everyone off and preparing for the worst. I kind of wonder, like, would this be how they would break up Hannah and Caleb? Like now that they've like r- almost completely ruined all the other relationships on the show. Is this how they like cut the cord with the only like solid one? Maybe I mean do it for like selfless reasons.
1: Hannah is so fucking like
0: zen here, yeah,
1: selfless that like I thought she had just got like a cancer diagnosis,
0: but she's like relaxed somehow, yeah, yeah, she's she's accustomed
1: to it, she's mm-hmm. resigned to it. Um, so we got to the brew, Arya Emily and Spencer are meeting up on this one, and Ari is like, Wait, is this phone number a dead end or not? Spencer's so like, What if it's Mona's and it's a dead end? And he's <laughs> like, Mona's dead, so who was the lawyer talking to? I mean. He had to be getting his instructions from someone, and we pan over to Caleb.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that the the subject of the shot was these three liars, and suddenly the camera just like moves over, and there's Caleb in the foreground, like yeah. you know, being pensive. It's a really good shot, though.
1: Like,
2: uh, well, and it's
0: it's just enough to add a little bit of intrigue about like it's it's like is he lost in thought or is he eavesdropping? We're not totally sure.
1: Well, is Trixie writers? You know, if if I was going to take it that Caleb was a I'm sitting here thinking, like, Caleb is egg. He's committed to his plan, but mm-hmm. also now he's touched as he's, you know, putting the finishing graces on yeah. of of Hannah's selflessness. And maybe his heart grew five sizes. Yeah,
0: and Spencer's looking over at him. She's like, You okay? And he turns around as Arya's phone's ringing, and he's like, Yeah. He walks over, and Arya just keeps letting the phone ring. She's like, staring at it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Arya. And Arya's like, It's the number. Look, it's a Varjak number. She shows it to them, and Spencer's like, Answer it. And Ari's like, why does it have my number? And it called from my phone. and just keeps on ringing. And Emily's like, answer it quick. And Ari's like, then it'll know we're here. And kale's just like, we don't have time for this. And he just yanks the phone out of her hand and answers it. And she gets in this look like, hey, fuck you, buddy. How dare you, sir? Nobody touches the Shusher's phone but the Shusher.
1: Well, I like I like that shot as he answers it and just listens and looks perplexed. It's a great tense moment for a beat.
0: Yeah, she's like, hello. And after a while spencer's like whispers like who is it uh, and he just stares blankly at them and finally he turns the speaker on and it's some old french music playing like from inception and aria is like flabbergasted by this and emily's just staring or i'm sorry spencer's staring emily is doing this weird thing where she's looking everywhere but at the phone almost like she's <laughs> guilty i'm not sure why but she's like looking all over the place being weird um what did you think about him yanking the phone away from aria uh, this is a man who's driven to save his lady. I mean, there are, there are plenty of normal explanations for this, mm-hmm. but it's this episode has so many moments like this where it's just kind of an odd thing to happen. And and they definitely call attention to it. And it's, it's, it's like you keep wondering, like, is this a detail I need to focus on or is this just noise?
1: You know, so I look at, it like, I don't believe in really, like, invading people's personal space, especially, like, it's... Really? It's tricky when it's like you uh, don't
0: believe in invading person people's space. Wow. Okay, that was oh crazy. wait, no, you're okay. You're saying the other way. You, you don't believe that you you should invade people's personal space. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were saying like you don't believe in not invading people's personal. No, no, space. No, 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 no. I, I was like, <laughs> okay. just a
1: Personal note there yeah. about me invading people's personal space. No, I don't believe you should be invading people's personal space, especially like a guy going into a girl's personal space. But I feel like Caleb's driven here, and he's learned enough because remember back to season three in like Arya says, like the most heartless shit about him being an orphan to him <laughs> like caleb's just learning like you can't negotiate with the shusher right now it's just time for action i gotta have that fucking phone yeah and if if anybody can pull that off and still look like a good guy you know to have their essence bottled later it's caleb um so yeah it's not it's an Edith pf song it's not actually Edith pf again it's a cover it's eve lasso doing a spot-on impression of Edith pf i think it's interesting because the season five premiere or escape from New York or escape to New York, whatever we had an actual EDF PF song, you know, CC got on the plane. It's like now the money's gone. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, back from commercial, the liars of decamped to uh, Caleb's apartment. Now there's two phones sitting out on the desk. Uh, Aria's phone, which is anachronistically an iPhone five S mm-hmm. is next to an old iPhone four that we see that they recorded the call. They're playing the call on Aria's phone, playing it back. And then the the other phone is what they're using to call Hannah, who's on speakerphone. Mm -hmm. So kind of a weird setup, but it works. Caleb's there. The liars are behind them, kind of crowding him as usual. And Caleb says, are you getting this? And Hannah says, I'm getting it. She's on the phone. And Spencer says, we don't know what it means. And Hannah says, I know what it means. I mean, I don't know, but I've heard it before. Spencer says, where? And Hannah says, in Mona's room. Oh, shit. She used to play this song, French music, from people like Edith Piloff. And Arya's like, like the rice dish? And Spencer says, pee off. eat a pee off. which just nailed it. I love that exchange so much.
1: Well, I feel like that would have been Hannah's line had she been in the
0: room. Spencer just needed to turn Arya and be like, Arya, you're out of your element. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I like rice pilaf. But
1: I, I also enjoyed that once Hannah set in Mona's room, both Caleb and Aria, who aren't looking at each other, both kind of turn towards Spencer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like for her reaction, like to set the tone. Um, yeah. So Caleb, like he turns off the music and he's like, Ali was wrong. It was never Mona taunting her. It was A. And then he's like, then why call back and play the song? Why not let us, let us keep thinking it was Mona? And Caleb's like, to rub it in our faces. And was like, okay, Mona never sent the lawyer. But that doesn't mean she left us in the dark. And Emily says she hid the tape that Hannah found in the book. The police went all over the room and they never found it. And Hannah says, Oh, so? that's because
0: the cops are fucking terrible at their jobs. They missed like three hidden cameras in the house, too. Yeah. yeah. So
1: <laughs> Hannah's like, So? And Cindy's like, So? Maybe there's more. Maybe the answers are still in that room. And it was like, We have to go get back to Mona's room. So she's like, Hannah, you spent more time than, in that room than any of us. So try to think of a place where Mona would have hid stuff.
0: Well, Hannah's just like, okay, <laughs> sure. And Ari's like, we need to go talk to Mona's mom. And Emily says, but she wasn't at the trial. Spencer says, yeah, you know, it's got to be hard to hear people talk about your dead daughter.
1: Spencer's really emphasizing with uh, Mona's mom this episode.
0: Yeah. And it says, guys, if there's something in that room that can get me out of here, I don't care how upset she is. Just find it. And Caleb's just like, we'll do it. And then the phone beeps and Hannah's like, that's me. They're going to cut me off. And Spencer says, hang on. And Ari says, Hannah, stay strong. And Emily says, we love you. And Caleb's about to say something and then click. Sorry, Caleb. No last words for you.
1: It's like great, I didn't to say anything. I was also, whenever that's this particular makeup of the characters, I keep thinking back to, could you just back up?
0: Yeah. Could <laughs> you guys back up for just a second? <laughs> uh, so that's the end of that phone call. Uh, Hannah hangs up and back in Kild's pad. They all, they all stand up and... Caleb hands the phone back to Arya, and he's like, here, sorry for grabbing it from you. And Arya's like, it's okay. And he's like, no, it's not. We start stepping on each other and none of us are going to make it out alive. Which this is what makes me so suspicious about that whole exchange is that they bring it up again. Mm. And they're, they're you know, very specifically reminding us of that kind of weird moment between them. Mm-hmm. Um, Or maybe it's just a way of saying like, man, even when Caleb's not a good guy, he's still a good guy because he apologizes later. I don't know. Well, it's,
1: it's the first of two times in this episode where a guy does something a little bizarre and then has to go back to try mm-hmm. to rewrite your opinion of it. Um, I, I think this, I is you, yeah, this is much more successful. Yeah, it's much more classic. I don't want you to have gotten the wrong impression about my completely inappropriate actions. Um, Emily's like, should we go see Mona's mom? So she's like, no, at once. That's just going to scare her, which no shit. <laughs> and then Arya nails it with, I'll go do it. What? I'm the least intimidating.
0: <laughs> yeah, not a chance in hell. You're tiptoeing, Arya. Uh, and Emily's like, "I'll drive you." Because Emily's just all about like tagging. She's like Arya's like uh, like teammate this season, basically. You know, she
1: seems like she seems confused in this episode, like alongside Arya, and like maybe mm-hmm. she just wants to get the fuck out
0: of this scene. So well, the scene. Time- yeah, they they all head out, and then Caleb's just like Spence. And Spencer looks back, and the other liars are kind of like at the door, looking back too. And Caleb does this like he has this very subtle little smile, like it's 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 very you know quick. But like Spencer gets it immediately, and she turns around. She's like, "I'll call you guys later." And they just kind of nod, or he's like, "Okay," uh, and then they leave. And Spencer turns back to Caleb, and they it's like he just kind of smiles again. Like it's like they have telepathically communicated. Yeah, we we need to talk privately. Uh, and then we cut to some hardcore Spencer Caleb lovemaking
1: <laughs> by the fire with some with some like sacks just
0: blaring that. I mean, it, this isn't that kind of show, but if it was, that would be a a well built up reveal. I think cut to the uh, train going yeah. into the because well, they tunnel. they've always had this chemistry and they've definitely gotten closer this season. It, and, you know, Toby, it, it wouldn't make sense on Caleb's side, but it would definitely makes sense on sense on Spencer's side because toby's like abandoned her i mean yeah. maybe caleb would just be doing it to like get back at toby toby has
1: abandoned her yet again
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah they're gonna they're gonna hardy bro down they're gonna actual bad guys and girls down here um well they're like, they're like they're
0: like chilling in his living room eating some cookies drinking some coffee they're broing down yeah they are broing down and troy and has chemistry with tyler blackburn like for days like these guys it's just this, work well together.
1: Yeah, this scene was set at night. They'd be passing a flask back and forth. I think. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Spencer's on the couch. Caleb's like, sitting in a chair. Like their their body language is very comfortable. Like they've they're sharing some secrets here. Um, and Caleb's like, I should have put Hannah in a car and taken off when I had the chance. And Spencer's like, well, Why didn't you? And he's like, She would never leave you and Ari and M. You guys are like a band of Vikings.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. And Spencer says, Well, less pillaging, better hygiene. And I feel like Caleb, he, he figured out what I think Paige didn't totally get is like, you're never going to break the liars up. Don't bother trying. You know, you just got to be a it's a package deal, pretty much.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, uh, and I think Caleb has a much more specific skill set to offer. Um, it's not to say that Paige couldn't be capable of of lending her services to the liars. Like, I mean, you saw that I think in the oh, the Christmas oh, episode alone. But Paige
0: was always like dreaming for the day that her and Emily could run away from all this, which I right. don't think can or I don't think Caleb thinks about that the same way, you know.
1: But I mean, like if I was a hardcore Paige fan, I'd be upset that Paige, you know,
0: could do the same kind of things
1: in the Christmas episode that like Ezra could go do. <laughs> whereas an Whereas like caleb you know can do hacking shit even if it's like sorry a hacked your camera and i never thought of that before Mm -hmm. sorry that a did this thing and for some reason i never thought of that before he still can you know he can manage to record a phone call and play it back on another phone and the other liars can also Meanwhile,
0: meanwhile toby's just like spencer i built you a chair
1: yeah caleb also has a sugar skull on his nightstand
0: um so he says she told me to
1: get out before it got too late she said it to me but I think she meant it for all of us. And Spencer's like, do you have any idea how hard that must have been for her to say that to you? And Caleb's like, the point is, she said it.
0: And Spencer's like, are you thinking
1: about it? And he kind of pauses and then shakes his head and he's like, no.
0: Yeah, and Spencer kind of nods. She says, you know, when all this is over and we are safe and sound, I need to talk about bottling you. Essence of best boyfriend. We're going to make a fortune. And they both kind of smile a little. And he's just like, have you talked to Toby since he got back? Spencer says it's not a really a good idea under the circumstances. And he kind of gets it and kind of nods at her cookie and he's like, finish your cookie. You get the feeling Spencer would probably be DTF right now. Oh, uh, I, like Liar Code holds her back.
1: The way that scene ended, I thought he was saying, finish your cookie, and then he's gonna get up and like take a shirt off and just go lay on the bed. <laughs> you know? Um, she smiles. But yeah, on any other show, these two would be hooking up sometime in the future because they're delightful. Um Outside Mona's house, we see Emily's, like, in her car parked out front. Aria's coming back from the front door. She gets back in the car. She says, no answer.
0: Aria's just like, she just screamed and slammed the door in my face. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> All I said was, I want to go into your daughter's bedroom.
0: And Emily's like, do you really think there's something up there? Or are we just chasing smoke? And Aria's like, I don't know. But whatever Mona was, she wasn't stupid. So if she knew what might happen, she could have left us a clue. And Emily's like if might could and Arya's like that's all we got. And Emily says, "Well, what if it's not enough? We're running out of time. And we're all going to get dragged down the rabbit hole with Allie. And Arya she gets this funny look on her face and she's like, "Do you just want to give up and go shopping?"
1: Emily practically does a double take.
0: And Emily's like, "Are you for fucking real?" Um and I think I feel like Arya was not joking at all. And then sees Emily's face and it's like, "Oh yeah, JK." Um, and Emily just like rolls her eyes and sighs. She's like, not just yet. You know, Ari's like, ha ha ha. Yeah, sure. That was a joke. I didn't just want to give up and go shopping.
1: Emily's interesting this episode because she's constantly like the one who's like, guys, ticking clock. And then whenever they have some kind of plan, she's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's not going to be good enough. Yeah, I know. Ticking clock, by the way. Uh, so we get, like, the voyeur POV shot from up in Mona's room as the camera, like, kind of follows Emily's car as it drives on down the street. And then we get from that, the fluid motion extends into us panning into our next scene on Spencer's porch at night, where she's reading the newspaper. One uh, of those old-timey
0: head- paper things called a newspaper.
1: Yeah. The headline is, murder trial testimony begins, that same great shot of Mona, side by side of a terrible mugshot of Alice in her orange <laughs> yeah. jumpsuit. No makeup. Uh, we see from the paper that the prosecution has dropped a bombshell. Also, uh, latest news in, in Rosewood, there's a housing development woe. Uh, there's also an article about how good businesses go bad, looking at you, Peto Brew.
0: And putting the slam back in dunk.
1: That's my favorite headline ever. Mm hmm. Uh, I just want like, you to flip the page and there's like a big, cheesy, like, picture of Ezra. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what for putting the slam back in dunk?
1: Also, how good businesses go
2: bad. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, So then Jason walks out so she puts the paper down and she's like hi and he's like hi just wanted to apologize for earlier about my dad outside the office Spencer's like that's okay and he says still a pretty clear path through between our houses and he looks kind of back where he came from and Spencer says yeah well there's been a lot of traffic over the years <laughs> and he's like guess that's how you knew she'd come this way when she ran is that how you trapped her for the police and it's like whoa, whoa wait a second Jason I thought you came over to apologize. And now you're getting super pissy again. I don't. I don't understand you, Jason. I really don't. Whenever there's a high road to be chosen, Jason always
1: decides instead to be shitty.
0: Yeah, and Spencer's like, she kind of takes a big breath. She's fighting emotion. She's like, I, I really wish that we hadn't. And he's like, I let her go. I let her run away. Why do you think I did that? Well, he he manages to turn
1: his like uh, uh, squashing his sister's alibi mm-hmm. into, into like uh,
0: Spencer's fault.
1: Yeah, well, like that. He was basically like, oh, she could at least have been a fugitive, free on the run.
0: Yeah. Why do you think I did that? Spencer's like, well, how the fuck should I know? Yeah. I didn't even know you're inside. How was I supposed to know you let her go? Yeah. Um And also, he's like, she's sitting and he's like standing, so he's totally looming over her. Yeah. And Spencer says, maybe you thought there was a chance she was telling the truth. And he like, scoffs, like l- literally scoffs at her and crosses his arms. Like that's a funny thing for you to say. It's like, Jesus Christ, I thought you came over to apologize, you asshole. She's practically well, crying now. The problem is that Spencer's
1: also in this like self-pitying arc, and she's like, Jason, I made a terrible mistake. And he's like, no, I made the mistake, Spencer. I listened to you. Jesus so, Christ, what the fuck? So she stands, and I'm I'm fascinated by the guilt that she has here in this debt well, this is feels that she owes Jason. This is but, a
0: fascinating, like self-deconstructing monologue she's about to deliver.
1: But yeah, it's like her you're getting this beautiful glimpse into her identity crisis. And she's like, I don't think this is going to come as a surprise to you, but I can be really certain about things. He's like, not a a surprise. And she's like, I like being certain. Okay. It's where I'm comfortable. I I'm, I'm not happy in the gray places. So sometimes I go to the shore where I know that I shouldn't, the shore I think it's supposed to be no
0: sometimes I go to the shore when I know that I shouldn't
1: okay yeah, yeah. she yeah. like, wait out there gotcha
0: and then she's like and
1: then there's somebody out there who knows that about me and they're doing a very good job of using it against me and then Jason says nobody likes the great places says the guy who was high for years
0: hmm but I that what a fascinating line I'm not happy in the great places so sometimes I go to the shore when I know that I shouldn't yeah somebody out there knows that about me and they're Uh, it's like, it's so poetic. Um, Spencer, she's really kind of, you know, I guess, you know, you say the first step to overcoming weaknesses, realizing you have one, like she's finally really figuring herself out uh, and admitting it.
1: She's always been good at analyzing like what's wrong with like the
0: Hastings family. And Mm -hmm. now, yeah, it's turning one. But this, we've always known she's a control freak, but now she really understands that about herself in a way i don't think she totally did before
1: but yeah this asshole is not only getting an apology from her she's going to the trouble of explaining her very essence and flaws to him mm-hmm. like be a little more magnanimous you chuckle fuck
0: <laughs> especially since you came over to apologize yeah you need to like, keep harping on that
1: i didn't want whatever you thought about my dad to stand i wanted to step on top of it and shit <laughs> on you even more
0: yeah uh and it's i don't know i i guess you could say at least it, it led to this great moment from spencer even though he's a total dick um yeah. i really love that i i watched this scene several times um just kind of enjoying it and enjoying Troy's acting so she does a really good job of kind of like it's you wonder is she thinking this for the first time or has she thought this for a while when she but says it you know
1: it seems like this that i really wish that you had access to like PLL commentaries. Mm-hmm. On like DVDs or whatever. I would love to know what Trine Belisario thinks of this scene.
0: Well, it's she's totally right because A always has known how to fuck with Spencer by showing her what she thinks is the truth about something, and then yanking it right out. You know.
1: Oh well, yeah, we joked about all the people that Spencer was positive were A, or mm-hmm. you know, and and this is why, and this is how A you know undermines her every single time.
0: Yeah. So anyway, Spencer says. I don't think Allison killed anybody. And Jason just turns and walks off. He's Jason. Yeah. She's like, Jason, he turns back and says, I got a call from the prosecutor's office. They're shuffling the witness list. I'm testifying tomorrow. <laughs> Boo fucking who? Like, what did you have somewhere else to be? Like, you were going to testify anyway. Was it like her fault? Um, does
1: he, does he still do like the, uh, the scared straight thing at the school
0: or whatever? <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> you know, when I first watched this episode, I thought Ted and Andrew came off like very kind of inscrutably suspicious. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like you could add Jason to the list. Like he's he's so odd in this episode.
1: Well, I think you can make the argument that all four of the men.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Like there's this whole idea that like, oh, men never understand what women are thinking. But so much of the show is like, there's all this dangerous uncertainty about like what these guys' true intentions are. You're never really sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Lady killers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what is uh? The, what is the line um from one of Jacob Clifton's recaps? Oh, I cannot remember what it was, but it's, it's talking about Ezra. That he's a kisser of girls and possibly also a killer of them as well. Yes. I, yeah, was, that was really interesting. So after the commercial, it's the next day. We're in the Hastings living room.
0: So just coming down the
1: stairs, she's dressed like kind of a naughty Catholic school girl. She's, well, got, she's got
0: like the Hogwarts like cardigan on.
1: Yeah, she's got an envelope in hand. She's trying to leave it on the island counter. Just as Veronica marches in the room, sees her. Spencer <laughs> freezes, caught in the act.
0: Well, Veronica just like slouches like. Yeah. Spencer says, if I hadn't stopped to write this, I wouldn't have been able to make a queen getaway. Scooby-Doo! And Veronica says, where do you think you're going? Spencer says, Mom, I'm going to Allison's trial. And Veronica says, I forbid it! Spencer's like, forbid? That's a big, hefty 19th century word. She's <laughs> so snarky. And Veronica says, Spencer, please, don't go. Spencer's like, I'm sorry. I can't do what you're asking me to do. I have to go. And Veronica's like, if if they see you there and Spencer says, if people are going to talk about me, I'm not going to let them do it behind my back. And being afraid isn't going to make things better. And she just marches her ass right out.
1: Well, I like that rather than sneaking out the back door now, she's marching out the front door past her mother. Mm-hmm. And Veronica kind of sighs and watches her go. But really, she's thinking like, damn, that girl's awesome.
0: Veronica's doing a lot of like kind of like arms hanging straight down, like clenching fists. Like, shit. <laughs> yeah
1: veronica needs to call up ashley Marin later and go to that that place where you just throw plates against the wall mm-hmm. and then maybe the gun range um so we see that the video from the the event of a like like throwing mona
0: around on thanksgiving day which again it, it sounds like a porno
1: yeah it sounds like a porno it's basically a snuff film to me i just couldn't get over how rather than the knockdown drag out fight for survival it just feels like this this macabre slapstick routine
0: it it seems fake, and I don't know if that's because it actually is fake or just like not great stunt work it's It's hard to tell, you know,
2: yeah,
1: uh, so we hear some screaming, we hear the crowd members we're in court. The TV showing this is visible, and we pan from it directly to Spencer Ari, and Emily,
0: who are sitting there in the front
1: row. I love that the footage is so close to them,
2: yeah,
0: uh we see that circus just trying to look inconspicuous next to it,
1: yeah, circus holding the remote, standing in front of the witness box where Jason deLaurentis is.
0: Yeah, and he says, uh, do you you want to do the dialogue for this?
1: I have it all, so it's up to you.
0: Who do you want to be? I guess I'll be Jason. Okay. Is this the video the police showed you? Yes.
1: After you saw it, did you tell the police of your sister Allison's whereabouts on the day that Mona Vanderall was attacked?
0: I said that she wasn't with us.
1: Why have you decided to tell the truth about Allison's alibi? I don't know. Was it because of something you saw on the video? I don't think so. So yeah, Spencer's like, she can sense the shift in the flow of these proceedings mm-hmm. and, and whispers to Aria, something's wrong. He's changing his story.
0: And the DA seems like he's getting a little annoyed now. It's yeah. Spacey fucking Jason.
1: Yeah. Circus like, didn't you tell Detective Tanner that you thought the attacker in the video was Allison?
0: I might have said that, yes, but I don't believe that now now that the crowd starts to (laughs) murmur, and mr d kenneth there he's like sneering at jason for some reason even though it seems like jason's like trying to help allie yeah so cirque's like you told police i've been thinking about and i'm sure that that couldn't have been allison so like cirque stares at him like trying to see if this
1: shithead is for real what's with this asshole
0: he's staring at me
1: so then he he goes back to the prosecutor's table he picks up a folder like scans a piece of paper checks something like sets it back down Mr. De Laurentiis do you know a girl named Hannah Marin
0: it's funny how Spencer and Emily both look at Arya now like he's talking about you <laughs> lawyer Julie's just like objection irrelevant
1: and then the judge is like where are we going Mr. Cirque and Arya like flashes a look back at Ashley who sees this and looks concerned as shit Cirque <laughs> says your honor the witnesses confirmed that the defendant doesn't have an alibi that's fact I would like the jury to understand what may have influenced his identification of the attacker. The
0: judge is like, Counselor? Looking to Lawyer Julie, and she's just like, Your Honor, if Mr. Cirque wants to cross examine his own witness, I have no objection. Mistake. The judge is like, Proceed. Cirque's yeah. like, Do you know Hannah Marin?
1: Yes. Is she a friend of your sister, Allison? Yes. Who is Ashley Marin?
0: Hannah's mother. And the lawyers, Allie's lawyers, like objection, irrelevant. And, and we cut like, to Ashley's face, and yeah. Ashley's face says, "I've made a huge mistake." Yeah. And Cirque's just like
1: goes to foundation. So the judge is like overruled, but don't take the scenic route, Mister Cirque.
0: I like this like, judge.
1: Yeah, he's like he lets a lot go. He's yeah, like, a lot. Is Miss Marin in the courtroom today? Yes. Point her out to the jury, please.
0: Jason kind of looks around. Uh, she's in the third row. Wearing a blue dress.
1: And she is a stone cold fox. And
0: and everyone turns around and looks at poor Ashley here. And Ashley's r- r- like, r- 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 I should have snuck away a minute ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. The clerk's like, does Mrs. Marin work for you?
0: She did. She doesn't anymore.
1: Did you have occasion to meet her outside of the office? Yes. Socially? Yes. How many times have you been with her socially?
0: That's, I, I didn't count. It's like he was about to like, like dispute that point, but then he, he realized he was just going to dig himself deeper.
1: Yeah, we see more that Ashley knows where this is going. So, Cirque's mm-hmm. like, these social meetings, were they always in public places?
0: And, and now Ari and Spencer look at each other like, oh, <laughs> uh, most of them.
1: But not all of them. Some were in private.
0: Yes. And Ari's and it, like, is he saying what I think he's saying? And he's like, seriously?
1: Well, meanwhile, Spencer's thinking like, I got to be honest. I didn't think Jason had it in him. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was a closer. So Cirque's like, uh, how would you characterize these private meetings?
0: Sorry, I don't think I understand the question. Well, would you describe them as intimate? They were private.
1: Did anything happen during these private meetings with the attractive woman seated in the gallery that
0: led you to alter your testimony? You know, that MILF over there? Uh, (laughs) Jason says, no.
1: Did Ashley Marin, the mother of someone accused as an accomplice of this crime, offer any personal inducement to you to change your testimony in favor, to favor the defense?
0: The lawyer finally is like, objection, asked and answered. Judge says, sustained, move on, Mr. Cirque.
1: Last chance, Mr. De Laurentiis, do you want to clear this up or leave it to the jury's imagination?
0: (laughs) Objection, improper, inflammatory, irrelevant. Sustained. Do you have any other questions for this witness?
1: Like another like epic stare off between like the prosecutor and the guy on the stand, and Cirque's just like nothing further.
0: Well, he just like tosses it off, He's like, nothing further. Yeah. Jason kind of looks over at Ashley, like sorry, basically. Well, Emily like, looks crowd like she's about murmurs.
1: To, yeah, Emily looks like she's about to throw up. She's
0: having a conniption.
1: Yeah, Allison looks has a look on her face where she's just like, hmm.
0: Yeah, Allison's like, hmm, interesting, interesting. Uh, did that hurt or help? Hard to yeah. say.
1: <laughs> uh so outside the courtroom the the liars are meeting up uh emily's fashion she's dressed like a a cross to like a pirate maybe something that robin thick would wear
0: she I, has weird black pants on with like giant white stripes down the side
1: i don't i don't it's like she cut up the outfit from yesterday and made this outfit out of it
0: mm-hmm. yeah so outside emily's like do you think hannah knew about this and Arya's like she did and it looks like i <laughs> knew about it too Spencer's just like shaking her head and Emily's like well what happened in there hurt Allie didn't it and Spencer says yeah it made her sound like her own brother thinks she did it and Ari's like until Hannah's mom convinced him to change his story but like I don't know I'm not sure if I disagree with this because Jason was theoretically like a solid witness for the prosecution already having like blown Allie's alibi and saying it could have been her in the video so I don't know if this really hurt that much like
1: well and and the lawyer could have you know oh you don't think it was her well, let me ask you again does she have an alibi do you mm-hmm. know could this could this be her yeah, that's, that's the questions that could have done it but yeah oh, like, he just
0: makes him look bad Emily's like do you think that's what she did hannah's mom and Emily's like damn ashley maron's a champ
1: oh uh, emily has this like bitter beer face on um like jason Yeah, so Spencer's, like, looking past them and sees, like, Jason, Rebecca, and Kenneth. And Kenneth is just yelling and, like, pointing the finger at Jason and then storming off. I hope it was a good lay. Um, (laughs) Spencer's, like, hold on. So she, like, walks after Jason, catches him before he leaves. And she's, like, Jason, are you all right? He's, like, ask me after I find a place to sleep tonight. And she's, like, you and Hannah's mom. It's it's none 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 of your business, Spencer. It's nobody's business. Uh,
0: Spencer's, like, no, you're right. It's not... If you really need a place to stay, it's okay. I'll figure something out. And he has to do that thing where he leaves and he stops, turns around to say something profound and says, cross your fingers and wish that you never have to sit on that chair. You won't like it. I don't know. Spencer, the daughter of two lawyers, I think she could do okay on the chair.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the Iron Throne for her.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Ari and Emily come up and Ari's like, what did he say? And Spencer says, the truth will set you free. But first it turns you inside out. Spencer's so poetic in this episode.
1: Well, Jason should just pay his half-sister to always add IQ points to his
0: dialogue. Yeah. Make the nonsense I said sound smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and Spencer's like, come on. And Emily's like, where? And Spencer says, Mona's house. Because this is a certainty Spencer craze now. Like, when in doubt, you're going to go interrogate someone or break into their house.
1: Well, I love that Arya looks to Emily like to get her reaction before they leave.
0: It's like, are we really doing this? I, I was going to go shopping. Yeah,
1: I was really serious about that shopping. I I don't have nearly enough, like, bizarre kitten cats, or kitten coats. Uh, So I have the commercial in Ashley's kitchen. She's, like, washing dishes at the sink in the background. we see Ted at the island counter of his coffee
0: cup. And she's, like... Ashley is doing that thing where she's having a conversation not facing Ted for a while here.
1: Well, we always talk about how
0: food is the barometer of the
1: emotional spectrum in, like, the, the Marin kitchen. And I always think it's interesting. Whenever they do dishes, it's always, like, there is no food there. It's just the empty, you know, plateware, what have you. It's some kind of well, it's bad times. There might as well be like clouds outside.
0: Dishes too. There's there's something about the, the labor of doing dishes that you, you can communicate a lot. Like, you know, I'm not looking at you. I'm washing these dishes right now. And that, you know, you're communicating a certain amount of displeasure. Just, just the fact that you're washing dishes in front of someone. Says something about how much you value their attention right now.
1: But yeah, but I'm I'm especially reminded to like last season with Arya and I don't know uh Spencer and Emily like washing the dishes. Uh, while, oh, that was like while a communal in thing. Jail. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's it's you know it's not a good sign. Um, so and she's like, well, you were right. I should have gone to the trial. And Ted's like, I don't think it would have made much difference if you'd stayed away. I'm sorry. Is that Caleb? <laughs> kind of. He does this kind of like gruff thing,
0: like like for like Batman for? voice.
1: Yeah, like poor fucking. Pastor. I don't think it would
0: have made much. For- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would have made much of a difference if you'd stayed away. Ashley, swear to me. Yeah, and his phone rings. He looks at it and sounds as it. Ashley's like, you might as well start start answering that. It can keep.
1: Well, he's uh, he's, he's acting like he's like the big man who has to shoulder okay. this.
0: Yeah, really. And so she finally turns around to look at him. She says, "You're gonna have to talk to someone sooner or later. They haven't heard already. They're gonna hear about it on the news." And Ted's just like, most ladies in the congregation managed to pull the news right out of the atmosphere. It's pretty amazing. And he kind of sighs, and Ashley's like, you can go, Ted, (laughs) which is just total like uh, Christian talking to uh, Michael on the boat and lost. You Mm. can go now, Ted. Yeah. Yes. And Ted's just like, I just want to finish my coffee first. And she's like, no, I mean, you can go hit the bricks uh she says it's all right and he's like i'm not going anywhere he's so defensive yeah and Laura and she's she's crushing this scene she actually smiles a little she's like i'm not being noble i'm being practical uh, he says i made a promise to you and ashley's like and believe me there's a time when i would have held you to that but now or but not now it's it's not a way to start a life together and he's just not getting it He's like we can get through this and she says yes we can and then what we are who we are ted I'll preach it. It's like she finally realizes. And he's like, I never asked you to explain. She's like, you should have, <laughs> which is so fucking true. What's the point of forgiveness if you don't know what really happened? Mm-hmm. And he says, it's about a clean slate. And she says, there's no such thing. I'm beginning to think that's the way it was supposed to be. Thank you, but you should go. And he's like, I'll just finish my coffee. Okay. It's rejected like, after that's all. what you say when you've just been gutted it's like he has no other response or it's like i'm I'm holding on to this fucking coffee it's all i have left i said i was gonna finish it and i'm gonna finish it
1: well it, it's basically like you know when the when the sun rises we're not gonna be together anymore but mm-hmm. you know he basically the bottom line is that she's i think realized it's not just this drama this situation like they don't work this is not a good idea we shouldn't be together for well, him this is a win-win because he gets to lord this power over her that like i'm the one suffering the burden it's my my cuckolded face that has to deal with all this but at the same time he's presenting an image to his congregation that here's here's this guy who's been wounded and betrayed he's standing by the woman he loves Mm -hmm. i mean i wish she would have like taken off the ring and thrown it at him just to further the point but you know we never she she
0: danced as, as close as you can without just like Outright impugning his manhood here just to say, you know, you should have asked me to explain. Like, y- you should have asked me why I wanted to have sex with somebody else. That's kind of important. Yeah, yeah. You should try
1: to understand me, yeah, um, yeah. and my needs. But we never really like talked about Oliver Goldstick teasing that the ring Ted gave her may have been Melissa's ring
0: that she pawned away. Or, uh, oh, pawned yeah, away. yeah. That was a good theory. I like that one. Um.
1: So outside Mona's
2: house. Oh, but briefly,
0: three. briefly. I, I just want to get back. Um. So Ted talked about a clean slate there. In the last episode, A gave them all a clean slate. Uh, ob- the, the theory is obviously he's like, oh, he's A. You know, he's using the same terminology. I don't know. I mean, a, a clean slate's somewhat common vernacular. But yeah. I do think Ted is shady for lots of other reasons.
1: Yeah, he's, well, he's bad news. Even if he isn't like a omnipresent cyber ninja. Um, Also, this is definitely going to be an over two hour episode, right?
0: Nah, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We're not, we're so, not far from the end.
1: So outside Mona's house, Spencer's like pounding
0: on the door. And Emily's like, Spencer's like pounding on this door for like a whole minute. (laughs) She just keeps banging, just banging on the window, banging on the door. The
1: thing missing from Spencer's car isn't just like the flashlight and the, the bolt cutters. It's like the full on fire
0: axe. She's about to like huff and puff and blow this house down.
1: So yeah, Emily's like, do you think she's in there? Spencer knocks some more. And then Ari, of all people, yells, Mrs. Vanderwall.
0: Spencer tries the handle. It's locked bangs on the door some more and he's like okay she's not here she wasn't at the trial where is she spencer's like she's hiding i don't blame her and Ari's like okay it was a long shot <laughs> let's go shopping uh so she starts to lead him away and spencer you know bangs some more and before she leaves and she's like long shots are all we have
1: this is a great tagline for a movie
0: yeah emily says that uh, we should try and get to hannah and then we're about halfway down the walkway from the door and they stop so they can hear some music playing. And then there's like this cool little like camera pan around all the way around to the other side of them as they're looking up at Mona's room because the window it's, up there is open.
1: It's basically that shot from the Avengers.
0: Basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, I feel like to be true to that, we would need uh, like Allie, Hannah and, and Mona all here. To make it like a true superpower team.
1: And then like, uh, well,
0: so who would they be? Toby would be Hawkeye? No, yeah, Toby is Hawkeye. That's a pretty good one because they both suck.
1: Uh, Who would be Black Widow? I
0: mean, Spencer Stark, right?
1: Yeah, that's fair, I think.
0: That'd be interesting. Yeah. Allie's so Black Widow.
1: So who's Captain America?
0: Arya? <laughs> there is no I Captain America in the PLL universe. Emily, probably. Yeah, probably know. Emily, yeah. Uh, there's like
1: there's like four Black Widows. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, who are we missing? The Avengers.
1: I guess I like we're Mona forgetting means...
0: somebody obvious. Oh, Thor. Thor. Hannah's oh. Thor.
1: Hannah's Thor. Mona's Loki. <laughs> yeah,
0: what? sure. I like
1: that one a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um. Yeah.
1: So the EDFPF cover music's playing again. They like coming
0: coming out of Mona's out. window.
1: Run back to the front door. They try that. This time the door is unlocked and open. Well, yeah, run right inside.
0: Emily tries it and it's unlocked. So, like, does that mean that somebody is inside there, just waiting to unlock it? Like, oh, they're finally walking away. I'll, I'll start the music upstairs and unlock it and sneak it's out like the back.
1: Some guy in a black hoodie is like doing that thing where like they're just pulling on the other side of that door as hard as
0: possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So liars run right up the stairs. Um this is when you really notice Emily's, like, bizarre white and black pants and, like, the giant-ass heels she has on. She's wearing, like, stilettos for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: well, great shot again of... It's basically almost the same shot as when they ran into Mona's foyer and taken this one to the grave.
0: Yeah, when they it. found the the crime scene.
1: Yeah, and they run upstairs. Another shot of them, like, coming up the stairs with Emily in the lead. They run into Mona's room. They stop there in the doorway. At first, I didn't notice that the room had been turned over. Because the way they stopped, it reminded me like in the old like Three Stooges when like three people all try to fit in the doorway at the exact hmm. same time. That's what it looked like.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the place has been ransacked. Uh, some of the vents are undone in the walls. That fake computer fridge thing is open. hands are it. off the walls. Yeah, yeah, A got here first, and Spencer sighs, She's like, "Well, it was a good idea." uh music
1: yeah music's still playing music's playing on a record player that's like reached the end there's even a fancy a on the record player
0: yeah did you know said the all of mona's dolls on that shelf like the heads have all been ripped off that's awesome. it's awesome because yeah, that's so, how a rolls
1: then emily like walks over she stops the record she uh finds like an a note stuffed in the decapitated head of one of the dolls and she reads it
0: i gazed a while on her cold smile is what's on the book behind the doll there um that had to be intentional. Hmm. Uh, Emily reads a note and says, "Finders keepers, losers weepers." "Kel trist- tristes,"
1: which are. translates as "what sadness?"
0: "How sad?" Yeah. Uh, and Spencer, Spencer has this weird, like, far away gleam in her eyes. Like she's like cursing and congratulating the gods at the same time. She's like, "Your accent's getting better." Well, then she looks at Arya and has this kind of like eye roll, <laughs> like a slump, like ugh, dragged down to earth. And Arya's <laughs> like, "Wait." Spencer's like, what? And Ari says, how would you stop someone from searching your room? And he's like, what does that mean? And Ari says, why do we think that they found something? Just because they said so? Spencer says, the note was written to taunt us. And Ari says, or trick us. Just like out Spencer-ing Spencer and mm-hmm. Spencer. And Emily says, think like Mona. And then she gets like some side eye from Spencer and Ari here. Well,
1: because the universe just ended and restarted.
0: Spencer's like, think like Mona. Oh my God, I see everything and nothing. It's so beautiful and what was, Emily,
1: what was that other thing? like i've cured cancer yeah i've, I've saved the environment
0: <laughs> and he's like just for a minute and so Spencer ponders she's like if i were mona she looks around and zeroes in on this like fancy little hand mirror on mona's vanity mm-hmm. and she picks it up and looks at her face because i guess that's what you would do if you're mona and just look at your own face and she well, shakes it and there's something inside
1: the metaphor because that's the last thing mona did before she died you know, with self assessing the mirror. mirror there. Not uh, that mirror, but. Yeah. Yeah, she shakes it, it rattles like something's in it. Then she picks up a nail file, pops the mirror part off, and there's an
0: index card inside of it, and they read it. Mysterious phrases uh, Chandelier's ritual, sister launched a lair, a ruler's list chained. Hmm. What could this possibly mean? Do you want to talk about what this means now or save it to the end of the episode?
1: Uh, why don't we just say what. What so people think it means, and then we'll those, get to that later. Well, yeah,
0: those three lines all have the exact same letters using them in different, you know, places. And they all could be an anagram for Charles De Laurentiis or possibly Rachel S. DeLorentis. So, hmm. hmm. Charles De Laurentiis. So yeah. then we cut to outside. Um, actually, we're not outside yet, are we?
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the liars oh, that's the right.
0: Yeah, we go outside and we come back inside. Cut to outside. And the uh, the camera pans over. You see somebody's watching Mona's house from across the street. It's Andrew. Andrew turns around and frowning and walks off.
1: He is wearing a white t-shirt with a red and black checkered jacket.
0: Yeah, it's a l- almost Freddy Krueger-ish.
1: But it's also almost A-colors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so we see the liars coming downstairs to Mona's house. They, like, walk out the front door. We pan over see them leaving and we see them leaving through the fact that one of the front windows is broken from the outside
0: yeah the liars didn't notice this because it was kind of like over on the side or something um broken window, like somebody punched it in and then below it on the floor sticking into the hardwood floor is a screwdriver yeah and the floorboard
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so after the commercial we're at the brew ari and emily walk in hearts is playing again i guess they're like season five's miss mister which i'm okay with
0: uh and ari's like what the hell is a chandelier ritual? And he's like, I have no idea. Let me change. I think better in lower heels.
1: Unlike Hannah, who wears three inches or nothing.
0: Yeah. And Arya's like, okay. So well, then she,
1: like, she glances back at the front door. Arya does. Like, well, you
0: know what I think this is? I think she thinks it's Ezra. I think that's why she's she like looks back suddenly cuz she's you know expecting that maybe Ezra's going to be here but it's mm. it's not Ezra it's just some other guy with black hair and then from the other side of her Andrew calls her he's like Arya and he walks over holding a coffee cup and he says i didn't want you to get the wrong idea and Arya's or the body language here like her arms are cl- crossed she's a little displeased like oh go on like about what and Andrew says i've been thinking and i realized I made a really bad impression what I said about Mona.
1: He's like, I'm gonna be an apologetic creep. Why I apologize for being such a creep earlier, I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Arya's like, Look, everything about Mona was complicated.
1: Hannah and Caleb would agree.
0: Mm-hmm. Andrew says, Yeah, but when I said that about her, I saw the look on your face. And it wasn't the way I want to see you look at me. Ever. Like, Easy there, big A. Uh, and Arya says, It's just my face. Sometimes it does things without checking with me first. So this for is any- a shout out. I feel like this is a shout out for
1: anyone who thought we were going to marvel at that comment. Well, <laughs> you were
0: goddamn right. Oh, yeah. It's just my I, face.
1: I want that to be on a shirt with just a picture of Arya's face.
0: It's like if I could ask Lucy Hale only one question, it would be how does it work? Do you think about all the different faces you're going to make or does this just happen?
1: Um, You know, there's every once in a while, there's a nice overlap between this Arya and the Game of Thrones Arya. <laughs> mm-hmm. She becomes a magical, you know, multi-face changing assassin. Well, I mean,
0: they're both stone cold killers. I mean, they have a lot in common. Yeah, yeah. Um, the tiny. difference is, yeah.
1: with Arya Stark, you see her sword.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You never see Lucy Hells coming. Um, Yeah, and so... and she's like well it sounded like she deserved what happened to her and i don't believe that and i was like yeah nobody does and she's like it was bothering me i just want to make sure we're clear on this and she smiles and she's like yeah we're clear and she's like well if you need me for
0: anything well well, the way she's like yeah we're clear but she's i feel like mentally she just crossed him off the list yeah oh yeah it's it's uh
1: it's a very interesting like ramped down they're not making plans to see each other again or anything he's like yeah if you need me for anything cramming for an exam or driving out to some roadhouse you got me on speed dial right and she's like yeah right And he's like okay i feel better oh well bravo and, for you andrew you feel better yeah well because he wouldn't be saying this he would just suggest plans if he thought that he'd get a positive response
0: i guess yeah but he's then he he goes in for the smooch on the cheek, and Arya kind of recoils a little bit too late. It's super awkward. She's like, stares at him like, uh, what?
1: And she jerks away. Yeah. yeah.
0: In Ezra's coffee shop, you infinite fuel. You don't kiss the shush in her ex's place of business. Yeah. And, uh, Andrew's just like, I guess I surprised her face again, huh? And Arya's like, it's okay. I'll call you. And she says it in such a soft, comforting voice. Like, she's totally going to murder Andrew now. Uh, I saw a great theory on Reddit. I mean great, just in the fact of being funny, but the idea is that Andrew is an A minion. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't know who Big A is, but he thinks it's Arya. And so oh, that's nice. why he's kissing up to her. Nice. And you know, hijinks and because of that. I I have no problem with the idea that Andrew is an A
1: minion or that he's like working for Mona in some regard. I don't necessarily like the idea of him as big A, only because in some ways he would be perfect, but like To me
0: the the most reasonable explanation would be he's some sort of like A junkie. Yeah. Or I like or, that. Like, or a, a liar junkie, you would say, I guess. You know, he's he's become obsessed with them and he in well, obsessed with Arya.
1: If he's not actually dialed into the A gamer in any way, he's he's probably walking away thinking like it didn't work out with Spencer. It didn't work mm-hmm. out with Arya. What the fuck am I doing wrong? Because
0: the the whole baseball bat thing, it feels really solid that he was the one who fucked up that La Crosse bros car. Yeah. Um But I don't I, I you know it's He's obviously following them around. We know that for sure now.
1: It's a cliche trope, the idea that like characters grow closer romantically right mm-hmm. before a betrayal. I actually really prefer that you can mine so much more potent drama from that rather than like say Arya rejects andrew and yeah then he's able to be a because then it just feels like something ickier mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if only ezra could have walked out and seen this
0: <laughs> like if this ezra he his did his only... see it probably he's probably like weeping back in the kitchen right now
1: if this could have been like his only presence in the episode it would have been even stronger i think
0: that's been funny If he just like um, like a dialogue like shot of him just like closing the curtain sadly
1: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, meanwhile, cut to the the prison meeting room where, just think, a few months earlier, they were basically in the same room but on different sides of the table, so to speak. There's mm -hmm. Hannah and Ashley. And Hannah's just like, I'm sorry because you probably just heard what happened in court today. And Ashley's like, this is all my fault. I'm the one who should be saying sorry. And Hannah's like, for what? For being human? I'm sorry I gave you such a hard time.
0: Get it, girl. Ashley's like, awful lot of mistakes, Hannah. I have made so many mistakes. Hannah it says it'll be okay whatever happens we'll be okay and she's like i'm supposed to be saying that to you and it's like it's not going to be that bad i mean maybe i'll write a book or something lots of people write books in prison martha stewart wrote one hannah, she's so chill she's chill as fuck hannah's been listening
1: to the podcast and she's heard my idea about hannah knows what hannah means the book mm-hmm.
0: yeah and ashley's like i just hope that you didn't get the bad decision gene for me hmm. and hannah says well i hope i did i hope i got all of your dna in me that means I'll be smart and I'll be brave and I'll sing my daughter the best little buys when she's scared. Yeah. And kind of Ashley takes her hand. She's like, do you know how much I love you? And it's like, yeah, I think I do. And they both smile. I mean, it's like Gilmore girls turned up to 11 here. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if, if I had ovaries, they would have just exploded in glitter right now. Yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, it's a great scene. Um, you would have weep kittens. Yeah. These two definitely, they, they've always had the strongest parental relationship and, definitely on display
1: well yeah i mean i think people have been talking about that like ashley always wins like whatever you know poll for the best pll parent Mm -hmm. hannah and caleb always win like best couple or you know like most responsible less creepy couple Mm -hmm. it's interesting how it all kind of comes back to hannah and it feels like we've gotten that more this season um so yeah we pan then you know after panning down hannah's back We pan up from Allison's back in a different prison meeting room. Uh, Only now it's Allison meeting of Jason.
0: Fucking Jason. This This son of a bitch. Kind of like half-assed tie that he's wearing there. Yeah. And he's like, we're quite the pair. And Allie says, well, line is a one-way street. It's kind of like the signs in parking lots. Backing up causes severe tire damage. And he says, you know, what did your lawyer think? And Allie says, she remains confident, except when she doesn't know I'm looking at her. And he's like, is there anything I can do? And Allie says, you had the right idea a long time ago. Get out. Just leave, Jason. Do it now. You can go now, Jason.
1: Well, I like that she kind of goes from just like, like like a sister joking around with her brother after like kind of moping mm-hmm. about their, their shared troubles to it, it gets harder by the end of that sentence. Like it's a little mm-hmm. meaner, it's a little edge to it.
0: Well, and so we have Hannah, Ashley, and Allie are all basically telling people to get out while they can in this episode.
1: Well, yeah, you have. People telling you, like, you need to get out now and get away from me before I explode. You, But you also have a lot of the men who need to go and explain away. <laughs> Man-explain yeah. to you their bad behavior.
0: Yeah, because Jason's like, I believe you, Allie. I believed you since that night at the house when you tried to get away. I saw it in your face. He didn't kill anyone. And Ali says, no, but I let a lot of things happen that I shouldn't have. Hmm. I wonder if that includes stuff we don't know about yet or not.
2: I
1: guarantee that it always will with Allison. <laughs> <laughs> with
0: Allison yeah. So we so, go to Spencer's house at night. It's a fire, you know, warm fire in the living room. She's reading
1: tonight. The, uh, the night is dark and full Spencer.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the camera kind of pans around Spencer as we see Veronica entering the side door there. Um, this, there's no dialogue in the scene. It's great. Veronica, like just closes the door, glares at Spencer Walks right past Spencer, like, glaring at her the whole time.
1: Yeah, makes the arc through the kitchen. They just keep tossing these, like, meaningful murder stares at each other.
2: Mm-hmm. No like, words. Neither,
1: neither will back down. Yeah, once the is gone, Spencer then turns the page of her book, and there's that note card again, illuminated by Firelight. That Chandler's Rituals. She was hiding the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Chandler's Rituals, Sister launched Lair, a Rulers List,
0: Chained. All anagrams are Charles De Laurentiis. Um uh... So then we go to it, the Petal Brew late at night. Emily's like busting some tables and cleaning up to close the place. Yeah. And she wipes down the uh, that like secrets machine desk and then just decides, hey, I'll play with this. So she sits down and, you know, puts her elbows in the little cups and, and listens. And we hear a, one woman say, I took money from my mom's purse and she thought it was my brother. And that's who got punished. This was 20, 25 years ago. Then another woman says, the broken headlight. I did that, I think. I don't remember much of that night. And then a third woman says, oh, I hate my boobs. They're like a complete joke. And then laugh at this. And then we Look, hear a man. She's, she's an old woman, though. Yeah, yeah, an old woman. And then we hear a man say, the dog didn't run away. I let the gate open on purpose. Now, a lot of people think this is Jason. But you I don't wrong. know. That I don't think not. it is. The, the voice not. sounds different to me. They are like, oh, that's how they got rid of Pepe. But I, as we all know, Pepe's off side, like fighting crime right now.
1: Yeah. I just don't see Jason wandering in there to get like, first of all, caffeine <laughs> yeah. and then being like, Hey, is that a post secret desk? I need to go like record my <laughs> fucking problems.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, you know, that cuts away to the, you know, EFP loft song playing, <laughs> uh, the French music starts playing and Emily's like, holy shit, like totally freaked out course it's playing like he knew it was only a matter of time for a use this thing for something
2: yeah yeah
0: although i almost feel like they should have like dropped the secret bomb like like a distorted voice should have came on just like emily you know <laughs> like emily said i owe to you one out. yeah uh so then we dissolve to like some kind of like like lab where like there's some kind of like lab techs doing forensic shit one of them has this big like canister it says evidence on it and they take it over to a shelf and open it up and pull out that screwdriver that was in Mona's house.
1: This seems fast for the Rosewood PD.
0: Yeah, really. And the the tech holds up the screwdriver under a little magnifying glass. And we see that engraved in it is Boo Boo's ice cream. This was the ice cream factory the liars all went to and got their fingerprints all over.
1: And that door and A seemed pretty interesting. I mean, I know obviously you can't. You can't bring in your guest stars and just waste them. But I would have mm-hmm. loved if they just panned over to, like, behind glass, like, Tanner's just, like, watching and waiting on these results or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we got the A tag.
0: Um, oh, I mean, so the, the liars are probably fucked, right? I think yeah, they're boned. Yeah. Somebody said Emily may have used this at some point, trying to break anything. I could see I that, maybe. She
1: had, like a, she had, like, a giant...
0: She had a giant wrench in Yeah. Here.
1: I don't
0: that's what
1: know. i thought she and then yeah anyway so the a tag a is running a bunch of documents including paul Varjak's social security card
0: also the first document is something from neiland's law firm mm. like an expense report i think or something mm. um yeah paul Varjak's security guard goes in there there's some sort of like pennsylvania id although you really just can't see who's in the picture like it's it's at such a flat angle that you can't see anything yeah um and so what what would you do with all these paper shreddings? Might you dump them into a tray for a birdcage? Why well, yes you would. The glorious oh, shit glorious reappearance of Tippy the Bird. Who's Tippy even her phone number song. Whistles the number. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow, there you go.
0: Yeah. It's kind of bad, but still. So. Um this is just fan service. <laughs> mm-hmm, Tippy mm-hmm. the bird. It's amazing. Of course, mm-hmm. they brought her back.
1: This is this is the 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 show is like taking their victory lap. <laughs> yeah, just getting the <laughs> high fives on the way back.
0: And Tippy's like climbing around the cage. A feeds Tippy a pistachio.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Pistachios are symbols of health, happiness, and good fortune. Mm. And Tippy just chows on that thing. That's the episode. I like. I feel like whenever you need to, you can always go to Tippy the bird to like, like your fans will lay off you for a little while.
1: It's instant win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if this episode didn't have a lot of you know putting the slam back in their dunks like <laughs> bam, you've got Tippy the fucking bird The guarantee he has like some page views uh yeah, so the next episode is called "I'm a good girl I am
0: yes that's Oliver Goldstick and my Goldsmith written directed by Oliver goldstick is that has he directed before I can't recall he I may have so. i think I think, I think so. at least one other one. Yeah, this um, is
1: the one that will feature Sarah Shepard as a reporter. And
0: a camera. Yeah, well, I mean, we're we're speeding down the hill now towards the finale. Mm-hmm. Allie's trial coming up, and, and then, of course, the, the season finale. <sighs> Who, like, we were presented with, like, sketchy Ted, sketchy Andrew, sketchy Jason. Like, do you think they're all red herrings? Is there, is there, is smoke real for one of these guys? I'm sure that it is, but I couldn't Well, because I, I keep thinking guess. about how at the end of season two, at a certain point, it was like, OK, it's Melissa or Mona. Like right. there's one of these is the false trail and one of this is one of these is true. And I, I don't know but, if we're in the same situation or not or the writers know how we think and just know how to like set up a whole bunch of red herrings and, you know, have something else hiding the whole time
1: but personally like as season 2 was winding down you know obviously they were setting up these possible suspects these red herrings but mm-hmm. i was i was like dead set it has to be mount i was all oh, yeah. in i was putting all my money on that i i really couldn't do that with way the season's ending i couldn't tell you who i think 100% is a i couldn't do it
0: well cuz they the interesting thing about say like ted or andrew is that they haven't been on the show that much but that you can conceivably spin a motive and a story out for both of them how they could potentially be a well i
1: like ted more than andrew only because ted showed up in the beginning of season three and i think yeah, he's been there sooner i think a has to have been present at the beginning of season three because presumably that's when a you know really got the ball rolling mm-hmm. new a took the game from mona i mean i i could very well see the show just revealing that mona's still alive still pulling strings
0: what i feel like the even though the reveal of shauna wasn't great it's paying off now because now whenever you have these kind of random johnny's and talia's and whatnot show up and and you know return of andrew you can't discount it completely right you have to think like well they, they did it once before where we didn't see it coming so maybe they're doing it again and and also bringing in the you know i know some people like they get pissed whenever there's a new character but it it helps him obviously like most of these characters are misdirections but one of them isn't you don't know which one They're, right you know it's a magic trick
1: well and after five seasons you got to bring in the occasional injection of new blood
0: you, if yeah. there's nothing
1: else you have to bring it's, it's like the same way that the the storyline has to up the ante you know you mm-hmm. have to mix things around it's like we were talking about in 5b when it started they were really mixing up the dynamics of characters like you were getting a lot of spencer and caleb characters who weren't interacting with each other well, normally
0: I guess the like the like the shippers are like totally pissed off and like threatening to boycott the show because, you know, like Spoby and, and Ezra are no more, um, which Jesus Christ. But I think the I would have to think the writers of the show are and probably the actors are really a little sick of those like, you know, holding patterns that so many of the relationships are in. They're probably happy to break things up and like do yeah. some different things.
1: Well, the show's not over yet. You have two more seasons.
0: Yeah. Fucking relax people. <laughs> I don't know. These shippers, they get crazy. They get a little bit crazy, yeah. The shipper wars are getting insane. Well, it's it's like the whole Ravenswood thing. I mean, it's, it's possible that Ravenswood failed just because people are pissed that they broke up Hannah and Caleb.
1: In reality, I mean, come on guys.
0: Showrunning. It's complicated. Yeah. Although the ratings were up a lot this last week. So in your fucking face. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was The Melody Lingers On. Fuck yeah, it does. I really like this episode. Might be my favorite of this half season.
1: Um. The only other one that for me contends with it is the one that, that Doherty actually wrote and directed. With the introduction of the Whisper Machine.
0: Hmm, okay. I think I like this one more.
1: Because you had the, the great mona flashbacks to sleep over
0: yeah yeah that was definitely good but i don't know i spencer's deconstruction of herself that was my favorite scene in this episode and i don't know i i like any any episode where spencer kind of has a personal breakthrough is always enjoyable
1: yeah and i, I really enjoyed the twinning of, mm-hmm. of hannah and allison i think how would you put it black swanning
0: <laughs> i was perfect yeah so that's our episode uh if you want to get in touch with us you can tweet at us. We are at pl 2 Our website page is broswatchpl 2com If you're looking for some of our older episodes from Season 1 that might not show up in iTunes, you can find them on our website page and also leave a comment on any of the episodes if you want to, you know, talk in a little bit more long-form way. Um... What else do we have to say? If you like the episode and you want to help us out, you can rate and review us on iTunes. We're up to 50 ratings right now. 48 five-star ratings. That's pretty cool. That's just in America.
1: Yeah, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm.
0: Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. We will be back well, next week.
1: I wanted to say a special thanks and hello to Nicole Martino, who said hi to us on Twitter and discovered us. Hope you're enjoying Uh, Also, thanks to Amanda for suggesting us to somebody online. Also, Amanda, your live tweets particular, this last episode (laughs) were excellent. Uh, Sarah shared an interesting link with us showing some of the actors on PLO, like the pictures of them at the actual ages of the characters they were playing, which normally I don't want to know that much about the actors in our real lives. But it was particularly interesting to see like... Lucy Hale at the same age she would have been, you know, if playing Arya. It was interesting because you know, obviously Sasha Pieterse is was that age. Yeah, she on looks the, show. the same, yeah. And Bianca Lawson was the same because she's a vampire. And uh, also Shannon, who wanted this episode up before her flight, so have a good trip.
0: Yeah, hopefully we get it up in time. Um, two episodes to go, and then the big void. I don't know. We'll probably try to do something, maybe at least once or twice during the hi- hiatus, but. We're we're working on stuff. Yeah. We'll be back next time. Until then, bye-bye.